Shout out to Pino and Black, this music lover. Quan Burgundy, Silent Ace Media, man. Mindset of a young nigga with idle time They say a devil's workshop is an idle mind It's hip-hop infiltrated by a wicked-built industry And me, I'm representing for the underground Independence, Fifth Amendment Freedom of speech, the revolution is pending But it's cool, cause you see we on a mission Television off, this a viral petition Man, and I hope you pay attention The WM4 Good record might help Just a little bit Sites from the shit that we post on there. Which basically means, if I tweet some titties, ain't nobody gonna go to Twitter and be like, you nasty asshole. It protects the sites from the shit we put on the sites. So when shit like this gets put into play, websites like Backpage, which is an escort service page, or the personal section of Craigslist, those sites get targeted. Because now they're responsible for the shit that can happen in the event of human trafficking. This kind of shit takes away the ability for sex workers to vet their clients before meeting them, or doing back background checks or doing shit to ensure their safety. Now I was scrolling through this hashtag. I wanted to know the extent of this. Like I wanted to hear it from like actual sex workers how this was affecting them. And of course some of these patty whack ass bitches had to come out the woodworks talking about some ooh you give feminism a bad name. Bitch you're out of the club. It's not how it works. It's not how any of it works. Oh but what about the pimps? Bitch it's a pimp. A pimp gon' pimp. You think a pimp just not gon' pimp cause all of a sudden he can't pimp online no more? This shit makes it worse. How does it make it worse? Freedom Network USA, which is the biggest net of organizations that works against human trafficking in America, literally said that most traffickers are caught through digital footprints left behind on sites like this. You are essentially attacking one of the only ways that people can find human traffickers. You think homeboy's just gonna wake up and be like, oh, I see the websites have closed. Very well, very well, scurry back home. And another thing, I'm tired of y'all shaming sex workers in general. I'm not a sex worker, but bitch, I'm trying to see some titties. We all trying to see some titties in this life. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, sex work is easy work, they're lazy. Who the fuck cares? It's not your money, it's not your bills. And I'm confused about which part of that shit looks easy to you. Sis, I'm tired before I even open up the browser. It's already time for a nap. Y'all gotta pay for costumes and shit. Nipple tassels just go into waste. Silicone is not cheap. And if it is cheap, you shouldn't be using it. Y'all gotta market and shit. I'm not fucking ready to market. It's too much. I'm too tired. If you need a bigger fucking picture than that, it's not just gonna affect shit like sex workers. It's gonna affect shit like Twitter. When I wake up in the morning and I tweet, bitch, I'm ready to die. I can only tweet that because Twitter's not liable for the shit that I put on Y'all probably noticed that a bunch of accounts are getting suspended now for trigger words like death, destruction, normal everyday young adult shit. The Nazis are fine. Worry not, you bioluminescent asshoes. But mention a titty and it's over. It's done. Say goodbye to your followers! Now there's a Baylor University study that is often cited when it comes to arguments like this. The link to it and a couple other things will be down in the description box below for those of you hoes that can read. It's called Craigslist Effect on Violence Against Women and it's by Scott Cunningham and a few of his colleagues. These Craigslist escort ads basically reduced homicide rates in women from 2002 to 2010 by 17.4%. Now some of you pop-tart ass hoes are gonna be like, well, it's such a small number. Bitch, it's still a number. All you bitches just need to start minding your own genitals. The best song was probably on the B-side 
Don't be surprised when the label be not the so great. The best song is probably on the demo. But that's not the one that got you, yeah, him more music. The single, the one that wasn't as honest. But this is what they say make you the hardest and okay. Sometimes I think about the pressures of our artists And what it takes to get caught a success Even with no college, we barely even considered Don't label me with the niggas Infatuation with plastic, I wanted it to be realer First they wanted it hip-hop And then they wanted gorilla And then they wanted drug dealer And then they wanted a dancer Now they want a drug addict Infatuation with plastic White girl wanna be sister Driver wanna be walker And walker wanna be sitter The best song was probably on the B-side Gonna be surprised when the label denied the song the best song is probably on the demo, but that's not the one that got you yet more than music. The single, the one that wasn't as honest, but this is what they say make you the hardest and okay. Sometimes I think about the pressures of the label and what it takes to get paid for. Discovering art they ain't no existed. I know it ain't your intention to try and change me. Multi-million your children, private school late attending, and album selling what did it. I shuck and job a good nigga. Hey, what is up everybody? You're listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, hip hop, minus the bullshit, ratchetry, fuckery. The opening intro was Sailor J. If you don't follow her on YouTube, you are missing a lot of funny shit and knowledge because she kicks that sarcastic knowledge probably the best on youtube right now and the intro track was saba s-a-b-a name of the track was gray he released an album i think last week called care for me he's been promoting it on instagram social media platforms a while i forgot how i find them it might have been through chance i'm not sure but so far from what i picked up the album is pretty dope it's it's it has that jazzy feel on some tracks but like the way he uses his vocals uh, kind of expands its variety all over the album so you're never sure exactly what a song is going to sound like but gray is definitely one of the more smoother tracks that you'll run into so definitely go check that out again that was saba s-a-b-a and his name could be sabay his name could be saba i don't know i'm going with saba it sounds natural for me to say it that way so that's what i'm going with let me know if i'm wrong send an email y'all know how to reach out to us if you don't i'll let you know in a couple of seconds uh, all of our hosts are here except Mike. He's doing Kendrick and TDE shit. Uh, actually, last week, and I think he was doing Coachella shit, which basically is Kendrick and TDE shit. So uh, he'll return Why when he not? returns. Till they come to Atlanta. Yeah, I think we got him like four days after y'all or something like that. No, wait, today is the 25th or something? Yeah, we got They're coming to Atlanta May 25th. Uh, yep, that would be like four or five days after y'all because ours is the 1st of June. It's on a Friday. I'm so excited. It will be the fire. Mm-hmm. And we have a co-host tonight. Uh, well, we got one of our other family hosts, uh, guest host. I, you know, it's not even really. I, I feel like once you come in the house, you can go to the fridge and get yourself a glass of water. Like you ain't got to ask no more. And that's basically what DJ Fusion is. What's good, ma'am? If she can unmute. Do I have to unmute her? Oh, okay. Did I have to unmute oh, you, Mary? Wow. 
Damn, apparently so. Okay. I, I, I didn't touch nothing. Oh, I have muted you. It was in the chat. I muted you because your mic started tripping. Like Damn. it started okay. making some well, electricity. Hey y'all, and um, I appreciate the black family love um in terms of get your own damn plate and everything here on the show. Yeah, that's a one time thing. <laughs> if you get invited back, you can get your own plate too. Mm-hmm. But but see that's that's when you know you're welcome somewhere. We're just there like, what the hell are you waiting for? You better go get yourself a plate and some something yeah. to drink. Get me something too. Mm-hmm. That's how you gotta do it. I don't I ain't look, I ain't trying to feed all y'all, I'm trying to feed myself. Y'all got two hands, two good feet. Use them. Lord willing. For anybody who needs any information for the show, here you go. The website is thetearsoforphans.com or simply the podcast name, where's my 40 acres.com. We do this weekly, Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings. You can download it off of any of your favorite podcasting apps. Somebody told us we weren't available on Pod Beyond. I find it very hard to believe since that's the podcasting app we originally were using and telling people to do to look for us on back in like. 2010 so unless pod beyond has changed their shit you should definitely be able to search for where's my 40 acres and just in case people still don't understand like the whole podcast makeup those directories that you search and find us are nothing are doing nothing but housing our rss feeds our rss feed is available on the website most podcasters should have their rss feed on the website so even if you search and you can't find Where's My 40 Acres, which again, I find it hard to believe because we're really deep in the podcast directory. If you just can't find us, you can always use our RSS feed, which is Where's My 40 Acres.com slash feed slash podcast that you can just put that in manually and everything will pop up. So just in case for some reason you can't find us in your favorite app, but you should be able to find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I know Podcast Attic, I know RSS Radio, I know Pocket Cast, I know the iTunes Podcast app. We're available on all of those. Uh, we're on like Tune, TuneIn as well. And if iHeartRadio is still doing some things, we might be in there somewhere. I heard they were having some financial issues. A lot of people having financial issues this week, it seems. But I heard it was one of the major players. So I'm not saying to go look for us there because we might not be there that long. We'll be there as long as they're there, if we're there in the first place. But either way. Neither here nor there, where they might be in a couple months. Um, what else is there? If you actually do want to send an email or you want to call us, hit us up, let us know what's good in your world and your hood, you can send us an email, podcast at where's my 40 acres.com. That's podcast at where's my 40 acres.com. Or you can send us a voicemail, and that's 443-832-3494. Now, here's the beautiful shit, though. You really don't have to memorize none of that. If you just go to where's my 40 acres.com and you click on the post for this podcast episode, because in there, there's a nice little symbol for emails. You can click that and it'll open up an email joint for you and you can just type and hit send. Or if you want to call us, this is why I love the new platforms and websites hosting shit. You can just click on the little phone symbol and it will automatically put that dial in on your cell phone. It will go straight to your mobile phone shit. It will put the number in and all you got to do is hit call. And you can leave us a voicemail. It's that simple. You don't have to remember none of this shit except to go to the website. Where's my 40 acres.com. Click on this episode's post. This will be episode 30. And go from there. From there as well, you can support the podcast. If you would like to give back to the show to keep us going, because that's how we pay for equipment, servers, etc. Then you can become a patron over at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash 
WM40A. There's a bunch of tiers. Pick the tier that works for you. And you will also get extra content for some of those tiers. So make sure you pick the one, again, that works best for you that you want. And you get bonus shit while also helping keep the podcast alive. You can depend on us. You give us your money, it's going to get used properly. You know where it went. No question. <laughs> If y'all ain't know, this is, this is going to be a shade podcast this week. If you exist in black social media culture any period, you already know this is about to be a shade show. You see what Kanye did? Yes. Shade. You heard about that Universal Fan Con shit? Yeah. Shade. So before we do that, though, let's go ahead and jump into the actual show. I feel like 12 minutes is long enough to be giving y'all information. Um... When we got an email, so let me um let me pull that up. Sorry, I'm saying on um, way too much. Let me pull that up. So this email is from Marion. I don't think I read this, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it just to uh, make sure we do get through it. So again, Marion, thank you for supporting the show. Marion's been around from around for a minute. He supports a bunch of podcast shows, so uh, he's a he's definitely a faithful listener. And he's just a cool person to have in your groups if you have one. So y'all want to get Marion as a listener. So do podcast that Marion would like to listen to because he will support your ass. Here we go. <laughs> hey, WM40A, just wanted to write and tell y'all love the podcast. With a shit ton of podcasts coming out left and right, some good, some bad. Y'all been my favorite podcast going on about five years now. And you guys say with great topics, funny discussions on the regular. Premium 40 is always a plus. See, that's why you should become a patron. Marion just told y'all that's the cosign. That's the cosign of the century right there. Marion cosigning your premium. That means y'all need to go premium too. Premium 40 is always a plus as I'm always excited when I refresh the feed and get a few new episodes from Craft Bay Killers, Wifey Material, or Podvengers. And Deidre is even getting in on the convos with the shows and movies now. So shout out. Look, Deidre brought a pass in advance. She's a whole new person. Listen, I really did. I felt proud of myself. God. That so was... I'm going on Sunday at like 830. You look, you've seen the opening weekend. That is amazing. I feel like feet accomplished. I was so excited. That is what's up, man. Look at you. Look at look at the progression and the growth. I know. Look at the growth. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I'm trying to be more interactive with y'all in the group and always, always, always telling people who watch Atlanta to check out your recaps. Thank you for pointing that out, bro. Hey, if you watch Atlanta on FX and this is your first time listening to Where's My 40 Acres, you might not know it, but we do episode recaps of Atlanta. We have done all of season one. We will be completing season two in the next three weeks. And you can find those on our YouTube page, which is YouTube dot com slash the ratchet geek there is a playlist for season one and a playlist for season two and i think it's really awesome when people discover one of our recaps from season two and then go back and listen to season one and leave comments it's a lot of people i know they be they like have their own opinions and i think it's great that they leave them there whether i agree with them or not i'll still give you a thumb up as long as you don't shit on our our podcast host it's all good because we do we do those regularly and once season two of atlanta is done i will upload and create a playlist for insecure season two in preparation for season three which i hope is coming soon i think they're shooting it now but so yeah and uh to finish out this email 
Not sure what you got planned for the rest of the year, but whatever it is, I'll do my best to support y'all. Thank you, man. Much love, Marion. Appreciate you, brother. Always showing support. Marion has been to a few of our screeners as well. We did a wrinkle in time when we did Black Panther this year. So the, the support is real, man, and we always appreciate that. And anything that's coming in the future will be in our pod mail. So if you are not part of Where's My 40 Acres pod mail, again, there's a pop-up for that at the website. Go there, sign up. I don't need your whole name. I just need your first name and email address. And then you'll get all of the news about anything that we're doing before anybody else is going to hear it on the podcast. Also, there is a raffle going on for a Keep That Same Energy hoodie, and you better sign up before the 30th. Because on the 30th, I'm closing that raffle. Somebody getting chose. That's Monday. Yep. So Monday, somebody getting chose after that, and everybody else will be notified of who the winner is via the pod mail. That's how you'll find out if you won or not. I can see the percentage of people that open that email too. So I'll know if the person who won ain't open their email, then I know they not they don't want that hoodie. So not only if you're gonna have to read it, you're gonna have to let me know you read it, or else I'm just gonna pick somebody else. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Tie the game roll. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> all right, man. Um, first of all, I'm sorry, y'all. I think I'm peeking a little bit. Let me turn this down. And uh, everybody can still hear me, right? Still clear to everybody? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Let's do Twine shit first because the rest of the shit is longer. What's my shit? Uh, the Hardee's commercial, my nigga. Nigga. Hardee's? Huh? <laughs> nigga. What's this about? I'm about to pull it up so y'all can all see it. Ain't no fun if the homies can't watch none. Should I prepare them? Yeah, please do, because even I wasn't prepared for this shit. So, you know. Hold on. Your internet is trash right now. You all right over there, bro? (laughs) Is it trash? It was, yes. It's not showing you no love. Sound like a Neptune's beat. Do sound like a Neptune's beat. Sound like it should be on my pew pew playlist. All right, you good right mm-hmm. now, so get it while you can, nigga. Basically, it's the hardest commercial that came on Hulu a lot. A fucking lot. Like, every damn commercial, this this this, this thing played. And I thought it was a joke. Like, I literally was listening to it, and we were listening to something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something. I think I was like, oh, this is a joke. And I realized it's a real actual commercial. And it's called, well, the song is called Going Hard for Hardies. But the no, commercial no. is called Taste Like America. Yes. <laughs> First of so, all, that is the greatest podcast episode name for us that we have never used. Taste Like America. Wow. Is that beef name is killing me though with that white man biting this burger? Oh, oh wait till you hear just, it and see just, it. Just listen to the song though. Yeah, here we go. The Taste Like America commercial. And y'all, this commercial is only one minute, but it's gonna feel like five. <laughs> Let me tell you about America. Down roads you don't ever see. Versus on billboards. <laughs> cash crops and it already looks racist. <laughs> Why was the black woman a cancer patient leader head on a white woman's shoulder? In the back seat, 
lighters in my friend's couch with the game on the TV. Going hard oh, at the hearties, <laughs> real hard with my hearties. Beat car, all stars. Sweet, makes like a young Metro beat with parties, though. This is not a young, don't you do that to young Metro. <laughs> like Hardy's in the trap? This might be uh, Young Dirt Road. This ain't Young Metro, though. It's so bad. This is. I wonder why it's not over yet. This is so racist. <laughs> why are there only like three black people in this commercial, though? I don't know. But they so they, happy. They were, and they were in different places. They weren't even with any of the white people beside that one cancer looking lady. They weren't in, the in there because they went to some KKK area and shot that shit. And, and look, the fact that they they auto-tuned the white guy that was just talking. Like it's just and I look and think about this every goddamn commercial, they just played this. Going Thanks. hard for the hard. I, I feel bad for your Hulu commercial selection, bro. I ain't never seen this like, till today. I was like, nah, nigga, I can't do this shit. I can't. Milkshakes in my backyard. <laughs> Tastes like America. God, I mean, but, but the Hardys are far and few around here, but that really makes me not want to eat none of their shit. Charbroil with a thick yeah. burger. Going hard for the iced tea. <laughs> the only one country with, with with like a bootleg trap beat. Overcooking with a bunch of white wings. people to sell Hardee's food. I, I, I listen. Hardee's and is, old white people like this commercial. Barely any young white people were in it either. It was that's like the only place where Hardee's are. Hardee's. That's the only place where Hardee's are near areas of old, filled with old country white people. Hardee's got good breakfast. That I can't deny. Damn. No, they biscuits be fire. Yeah, they yeah, I, breakfast. I, I go to Hardy's for breakfast all the damn time, man. Okay. Biscuits that's be what, fire. That, that's what hurt me more about the commercial. <laughs> like, I actually like your food. Of all, I mean, I know them niggas was country when they had a fucking bologna damn biscuit. I saw. Whoa, whoa, you know what? Whoa, y'all Hardy's oh, got a bologna, bologna biscuit? biscuit. Oh, y'all don't remember that shit? They had a fried y'all bologna. Don't remember no, fried yeah. bologna, honey. No. I don't eat bologna, and I was like. Oh lord! Shit. Wow. And it was a thick piece too. Nope. Nope. Because my time to North Carolina and other parts where I would see Hardee's, I don't remember that back in the day. That, hey, that's you know, hey, Hardee's kind of fucked with the burger game for a yeah. while. Hardee's was same uh, biscuit drop like they do with the rest of them sandwiches on that commercial, and it had a thick slice of bologna on it. Biscuits it. be delicious. Hardee's lord, tried to change the burger game though, man. Hardee's Did like. You say the- Delicious, Brandon. Them biscuits delicious. Not the bologna. No, I said biscuits. biscuits. Is, is banging. They biscuits. Now, I remember delicious. those being good. When Hardy's introduced the fucking thick burger, I was like, hold on, this burger might be a problem though, because ain't nobody have a burger that big around the time that yeah, Hardy's introduced it. Oh yeah, because they they went up to like what like a half pound burger. Yes, and it was a real half pound. They was eight ninety nine burgers. You was like, that's an expensive burger, and then you seen it, you was like, oh, oh, it's real. It's a real thick burger. This makes the double quarter pounder look slim. They used to put that shit on sourdough. Listen, don't be, don't oh, fuck around with the Hardee's Frisco burger. Was delicious, nigga. Them Hardee's Frisco sandwiches. Okay, they was the only ones mm-hmm. doing that too. Them sourdough yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, Hardee's. Yes. 
If you find a good Hardee's, man, you won. And honestly, when when we went, not when we went, I went to last time I had Hardee's was when I went to Hopscotch Fest because they got one on the way down 85. And I feel like that's the best Hardee's to go to. The ones down 85 going into the country. <laughs> yeah, last time I had Hardee's was because there's like about, there's a couple of Hardee's still in Charleston. So I went to one and I think I was on the way out going back from home back to Atlanta. And I swung through and got, you know, a biscuit and stuff and got all my life with it. Because they be doing them little hash browns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have like, ain't no Hardys up there. Where? Who? Like just where y'all at? Ain't no, ain't no Hardys. You talking about DJ in Atlanta? Who you talking to? Hey, I, like all y'all, because y'all be like, last time I was doing, I was traveling to another state. Oh no, it's so a Hardys yeah, right the down last, the street up here. The, the Hardys, the, the closest one near me is like off of like Roswell Road, which is not far, but it's, I mean, it's not in an area that I frequently go to. Mm-hmm. So I'm. But other than that, I think that's like the only Hardys I've seen. I got one that far from my house, one right by my job. <laughs> if they Let's got see. more, it's probably like an outskirts, but there's no, like there's none at all in the city of Atlanta. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's, there's no Hardys near me. Usually if I'm traveling south, it's like right where I want to get to Southern Virginia on down. I find that crazy. Because you Southern Maryland. Y'all should, y'all got, y'all the only place I can find a Bojangles. I mean, we got Bojangles, we got um, Roy Rogers and all that type of stuff, but not Hardy. What the hell is a Roy Rogers? It's a... It, mm. <laughs> a Roy Rogers like about five minutes away from me. It's, like a, a it's just a burger joint. Stuff. Yeah, it's just a burger joint. Yeah, I didn't uh, know what a Roy Rogers was until I went up there. Was. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I felt like it was, <laughs> I didn't know it was a Lone Ranger I was about to eat mm-hmm. at. <laughs> Very weird. But um, they, they, we got a Hardy's right down the road from where I live at. It's one. It's the only one I know of near here. Mm. I don't know how and we looked up and found it because I was like, "Holy shit, is that a Hardee's?" And then I realized we was in Black Country Hood. I was like, "Oh, we the Black Country." <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here like, "How the fuck did y'all find that?" That's, I see niggas changing their tires. Yeah, and none of that. Gas we got more Royal Farms down here in the freaking Hardee's. Was is uh, crazy. Royal Farms, a gas station. Told you about that before. It's a gas station. They got delicious chicken. It sounds retarded, but it's a gas station oh, that serves some delicious yeah, yeah. fried chicken. In the world, they got amazing box chicken. Y'all told me after I visited y'all, they got amazing chicken box chicken. Mm-hmm. The, the, the chicken boxes is amazing. Yeah. They got one, one big around, potato um, wedge. Clinton's. What's in the chicken box? Two pieces is of chicken and a big ass potato wedge. Like chicken fries, <laughs> piece of bread, a honey roll, straight out the honey roll mm-hmm. pack that you get at Walmart. Not even nothing like extravagant. And, and them chicken, and them chicken, and freaking um, wedges be seasoned good as hell. Oh yeah, they, they season be, they the fuck point. out the wedges. The wedges be moist too. That's a good, a mm-hmm. good moist but potato wedge. But they put a wedge. honey bun in there. It's not a honey bun. Not, no, no, like the honey rolls. Like you know, when you buy like rolls for a cookout, they come in like the red and clear bag, and they all like, like the bread like, roll. Yeah, they all squeeze yeah. together. And you got to break a square yeah, like, off. You, like 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 your good Hawaiian roll. That's what it is, mm-hmm. a Hawaiian roll. Maybe that's what I mean. Your King Hawaiian roll, you know? Oh, like Publix, because Publix gives those out with their chicken. Yeah. Yeah, but like, listen, rolls and napkins. is is your meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Get a couple wings, some some wedges. It should be like $8. And Hawaiian rolls ain't nothing but napkins. They just edible napkins. That's all they (laughs) use. 
Hawaiian rolls are edible napkins. They are edible napkins. You feel? They I really, feel like they really are, though. They are. I feel they like really an Indian are. person sometimes when I be using them, because you know how the Indian people they use like the bread to scoop up their food and eat it. That's what the wow. Hawaiian rolls is. <laughs> you supposed to scoop up the so chicken. You're saying skin. that those rolls are like American Negro naan, essentially. Yes, you're supposed that's to scoop amazing. up the supposed to Man, scoop up the chicken what? meat I, and the skin. That's an amazing way to describe that shit. It is. That's exactly wow. how you eat them. That's a that that's an amazing way to describe it. Negro have y'all had the burg have y'all had the burgers <laughs> where it's like the actual hamburger rolls, but it's just made out of Hawaiian bread. Mm-mm. Somebody made the stove. Those are delicious. Man, listen. Somebody made a burger and, and put that shit on there and I was like, What is this? I was like, Did you make this? Like and he's like, No, you can buy it. I was like, Use a liar. But yes, you can buy it, and it is—it is everything. She said, "Use mm-hmm. a liar." Look, them them rolls is joy, yo. When I saw them one day at the store, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "I'm just gonna grill me up a burger real quick." Psh, I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're good. Sounds like the dish of Bread delicious soft, edible too. greatness. Oh my lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we get the chicken from? Oh, the Hardee's. Hardy. <laughs> Yeah, ain't nobody talking about Hardy Chicken. I was talking to my pops because I went home this weekend and I was talking to my pops about uh, just different chicken places you can get your chicken from. Because every time we go down there, Ashley usually wants to get some chicken from Bojangles, right? And my dad was like, y'all be wanting to go to Bojangles when y'all come down here. I'd be like, yeah, because they didn't hold much of them up there. We got churches, which I don't have a problem with. I actually prefer churches over Bojangles, but this, both of them are good as far as I'm concerned. And then we started talking about um somehow we got on Walmart chicken and I was like Walmart chicken is trash, and he was like he was like yeah it don't taste good I said it don't taste good this shit tastes old, he said but you be getting it fresh in the box I said that don't matter, and Twan could be my backup for this we definitely used to cook chicken and store that shit up to like five days and serve it to people calling it fresh when we worked at Bush Gardens <laughs> we did okay we, so we did. if you we think did. Walmart ain't doing oh, that damn. with them heathens that run Walmart the corporation you think that Walmart <laughs> family ain't serving y'all five day yeah, old yeah, chicken look, I never you can't trust you, you, be, you better not come early you better come during yeah, lunch you getting like, the old rush. pieces we, we got that, to put some new and even with yeah. Walmart like at the deli like every time I go I always see it be a line of folks getting like the wings and stuff from Ooh. Walmart and never once have I been like, maybe I should just try No, nah, don't do that shit. It's always a line. Don't do it. Walmart Deli's always Walmart Deli's always nervous around my way. I'd rather go to um well y'all don't have shoppers. We do. Food warehouse around y'all's ways. You talking about um, it's a, um, supermarket chain around here. Like their deli chicken, like my mom's hit me to it. That shit is retardedly good, and like on like Sundays and lunchtime, they'll always have a line for it. Oh wait, are you talking about the fried Ooh. chicken from Shoppers? Yeah, they fried. Oh chicken hell yeah, point. yeah. Shoppers fried. Ro- chicken I mean, they rolled to this good, but that fried chicken out like one day, folks got it. I was like, what is this? Listen, I, I used like, to go. Right. I used to go to Shoppers and get their fucking eight piece fried chicken, and that should be like six dollars, and that shit what? is good. And you can get like the whole thing of wings for like about ten. Yes, them shits is good. Bang. Oh, that's yeah, like, like like a tray of wings. I used to have to wings. throw the chicken away. Like I would like it was just me living by myself, but it don't make sense to buy anything but the eight piece. I had to throw it away after four pieces. I'd be like, listen, I can't eat all this. I gotta throw this away. Like I'm gonna kill myself. I gotta throw this chicken <laughs> away. See, I'm I'm like Southern Virginia though, man. It's, it's it's all farm fresh when it comes to chicken. No, it ain't no more. I know. <laughs> you you said that like farm fresh ain't wasn't gone yesterday. That shit go. Look, farm it, fresh. It, that's a place oh, yes. where you just saying it was. It's a grocery farm store. Farm fresh farm at the, the supermarket. Table. 
Oh. Barber is a supermarket, and they got bomb chicken. And just, and if you're from around this area, you you you've eaten their chicken, and it's great. And mm. what happened is they just just went out of business. Well, they got right. bought out too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. they put a, yeah, they put a paper like yeah, they went they went out of business and sold a bunch of their stores to like Kroger. And oh, okay, we got Kroger up here and some of the food line because they were just only in this area. And when the when the story came out, the only question that everybody had was, "Let's <laughs> go have, to have the chicken." The chicken. <laughs> like after they announced that Farm Fresh was closing, they the newspaper did follow ups. Because people were like, what's going to happen to the chicken? <laughs> they did a whole investigation of where the chicken batter came from. We found out the chicken batter came from a place in Alabama, and they were like, yes, it is proprietary to them. Oh, no. Mm. It got it got to a point, like, we're talking to people to see if, they, if somebody wants to buy it. They said, we come up with a batter, and then we let each store kind of change it the way we want. It got to the point so much that the, they started selling their batter. I have some farm fresh chicken batter in my house right now because they started selling that shit by the pound. I heard niggas. They I heard they were selling it. the batter so people yeah. could try to find out how to. Everybody the was like, "You fried the chicken with it? You don't even eat fried chicken." Nah, I gave it a little. I gave it. I gave a little bit to my. Uh, I gave it to my mom. Oh, yeah. What you say, bro? He don't even like, eat fried chicken. He don't even eat fried chicken. You know he don't like fried chicken. Oh. Twine. You don't eat fried chicken. <sighs> I eat fried chicken breast. Look, you hear how he's saying this shit, right? He don't eat fried chicken, y'all. You hear how he's saying it? Yeah, I'm gonna say that's not a real city. I eat fried chicken breast. I, I don't eat, eat fried eat chicken breast. Like you normal meat Yeah, I don't like like. He don't eat no dark meat. I'm extra wow. wet. It's weird. Extra wet? I don't know. He just called it extra wet. I... Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Oh, Lord. That sounds like Publix. Like, Publix, Publix fried chicken here is good. And usually there's a line. I don't, know if, I don't know if I said it on the podcast once, but my friend that used to live on the south side, she went one Friday to Publix. Just, you know, grab some chicken before she went home. And it was a police officer sit like by the deli. And it was because the people were like fighting each other in line for the fried chicken. And it was fighting the, the people saying that they didn't fry the chicken fast enough. So was fried and they wasn't even like, you know how they'll fry it and they'll like dump it on the paper. So like the grease and stuff will, you know, as much grease will come off the chicken before they put it in the box. No, it was fussing at them. Don't even put it. Put it straight from the fryer to the box. They didn't even. That's like, like double box my shit, nigga. I don't don't worry even Yo. You don't even have to season because you know sometimes when it's hot, that's when people put like the salt and pepper or whatever on it. No, mm. don't even do that. Put it straight in the box. I want my chicken now. That's so wild. They so they had a Poder police officer. <laughs> She said that's how she knows she didn't need to be in on the south side. Anymore. Hell no. Fuck that, that shit. That is some stereotypical sounding shit. I said not for no fried chicken, no police officer. Y'all fighting over a fucking drumstick? Yeah, I'm not trying to be involved that's in crazy. that. Uh, Fuck that I shit. Mean, they they do make like more. They do make more. Not right. fast enough, though. <laughs> it's not, not fast like enough. Now. It's not like last call forever. <laughs> mm. oh, my, oh, my God. Nah, that's a trip. Um, All right, so let's... uh. Let's move on, cause 
I think the last part of these shows is going to be these next two topics. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get right into those. Hey, what's happening, man? It's your boy, Big Creek, Third Coast representative. You know I'm rocking with Wiz, my 40 acres. Running down Grammys with the family. Probably give a Tony to the homies. Probably get an Emmy dedicated to the highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah, we highly melanated. Arc Android orchestrated. Yeah. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Where's My 40 Acres Podcast. Um, it's Phenom, and I'm soloing it tonight as far as the crew is concerned. But there's this whole, like, universal fan con mess that went down. And if you don't know the details, you will find more about it if you just go on Twitter or you read the Hollywood Reporter or comic book, uh, whatever, resources, whatever, at CBR.com or... Now I see like IO9 is even running a story. It's, it's crazy. But it's a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of people were affected by that. So we went ahead and we opened up Where's My 40 Acres to people who were going to the con, cosplayers, vendors, uh, podcasters, etc. to kind of get their story and help push some of these people that were affected by this. And so with that, I have two hosts tonight who were, I don't want to, y'all were vendors or cosplaying or kind of a blend of the two? Definitely a, we're both. (laughs) Cosplay guys, we're there to promote our event in September. Okay, cool. So, um, I guess go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves and let everybody know who they're listening to. And then we'll get into uh, everything that y'all are about. Awesome. Good. <laughs> um, well, my name is Anita Tranquil Ashes Cosplay, um, and I am the president of the Cos Gala. And the Cos Gala is a masquerade cosplay ball that we're hosting September of this year. Cool. And I am Sharifa, known in the cosplay world as Pastel Dots, Pastel Dots Cosplay. I am the vice president for the Cos Gala and pretty much in charge of running graphics and media and all that. All right, cool. So I I just want to get this one out of the way. Um how how were y'all affected by um what happened with FanCon and all the stuff that's still coming out and it's kind of like head spinning at this point how much stuff went down. Where so, do we begin? <laughs> yeah, where to start? Um, go ahead, Sharifa, try it first. <laughs> We were first first, um, approached to be promoters for the con. So that's just, you know, promoting on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that. We were given uh, discount codes to give out to people. And, you know, we were told people use your code. You'll get, you know, 20% commission from people buying the tickets with your code. Like, cool, awesome. And then after we had more discussion with um, some people from the board, they want to help us out. Let us give us a table to um, to promote our event in September. So we were going to have a whole table to promote our cost gala because it's a first year event. So we need all the promo we can get. But then they just moved us up to just being cosplay guests as well. So we were there represent their cosplay portion of the con and promoting the cost gala to people. So with it all tanking, we lost out on that. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And like another thing that was very interesting about this is that um, we had, you know, at, at one point regular communication via email back and forth about uh, what they needed from us and what the Costco was going to bring. And I even had correspondence with someone from Universal Fan Con two days before they decided to um postpone the event so um i find it very you know ironic that i would have a conversation with someone two days before and you know things are okay but two days later it's no longer an event that's happening yeah and it was was weird and like i felt like something was going on because we our guests we're giving our contract of things we need to follow as in like arriving on time, this, that, and the third. And, you know, we don't want to like do anything that's like outside of our contract. So we never like got an itinerary or anything on what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to arrive, where we're supposed to be, all of that never came. And I'm just like, we're almost a week out. Why has nothing came yet? Wow. Things were fishy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I think it's better to hear this story from the people that were affected tend to get tend to hear it from anybody that was actually involved as far as a co-founder or a director because i feel like they're all skating but i feel like the real stories are everybody who was planning and really excited to go to this oh, yeah, event for sure absolutely and you know like with like like she said before the cost gala you know being what it is is a first year event and if the mission of universal fan con when it terms of inclusive and, um, you know, community, um, you know, lifting up those that are not, you know, normally seen in, you know, the nerd community. And our gala supports those missions. So it was something that we were truly, you know, passionate about. And we started promoting for this last year. And, um, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort went into, you know, creating promotional things via us and the gala for a universal fan con wow yeah. <laughs> okay yeah i know it's a lot i know people are still like trying to you know unravel it and just kind of oh, soak it all in yeah it, it's a lot you know i think every day since friday there's like been more and more stuff and like the messages like did you see this did you hear about this like no no i didn't i didn't know anything of this yeah it sucks i mean that's the best way to describe it to me it it sucks on a lot of levels that i'm not even sure people who made decisions last minute like this understood the they understood the the full impact of what was going to happen because of that or i don't i don't want to say they didn't care i'll say they, they didn't they really didn't understand you know I mean, I could definitely say some people didn't care. Mm. Um, But, I mean, I think that, especially considering everything that I found out via reading from Twitter, because, you know, once thing gets on Twitter, it's pretty much over, um, that they knew 
some time ago that the con was in a financial state that wasn't going to be able to handle actually you know launching at the time and i think honestly especially considering how the community has rallied like rallied around each other to make you know WigoCom by you know like the nerds of color um you know i also write their cosplay column for them they um you know, came together and they have a whole event at a whole, like, another place in the matter of, you know, 48 hours. So I think that, you know, if that could be accomplished, if they would have just, you know, let us know, had some transparency and what was going on, we could have actually still been at Universal Fan Con. Like, fans could have rallied around and, you know, saved the con. Mm-hmm. That was most definitely, like, I guess the silver lining to all of this is how much this community came together to help all the other people who were more greatly impacted by their cancellation. Like, Nerds of Color, new release Wednesday, all of them coming together to put on this event for Saturday and offering a space for the people who can't get out their flights and all that. Like, they're wonderful for this. And I think that is great that it's happening. And they even have a, um, a spot for us there the cost gallery will be out there to promote and all of that it's awesome so that's the silver lining to all of this i think you're right yeah i agree and it's more stuff getting added every day so oh, yeah most definitely yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's it's a really good it's good to see because you know you don't normally see that in the community too often which is something that you know we would definitely like more of the rallying together to uplift and then you know tear down and that's definitely something that we you know as an organization the cost Island, want to do and um it's just really good how it all turned out but um yeah a bunch of people are still affected and i i really hope that we find out more details soon because even with everything that's coming out there's still so many holes in the story and um at the this point a lot of people still have money just held in limbo and they don't have you know a way to get that back hmm. it's sad yeah it's, it's it seems to be you think it's you think it's done like you're like okay this can't get any worse and then somebody else starts talking and it gets worse and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's the catastrophe that keeps on giving i don't understand why this is still going on all right so let's um not talk about this sad shit anymore Let's talk about <laughs> Cos Gala and explain to me what that is, how it started, and each of your parts or involvement in it. Like, I want the full details. Treat me like I don't know nothing because I don't know nothing. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Oh, actually, it kind of started off pretty innocently. I was on Facebook one day, and I've always been a person that enjoys making events um and having my friends and and dressing up and cosplaying and just having a community together so i was like well you know i've always wanted to you know go to a ball and there are not a lot of opportunities in life for you to do that in general at least not the layman and um i wanted to see if i could get that event and my you know love for cosplaying together and i put out like some feelers one day on facebook would anyone be interested in having a masquerade cosplay ball and the reaction was enormous yeah. so <laughs> yeah 
Um, and from there, it just kind of spiraled into uh, a get together to a, you know, some friends to as many people as possible. So it, it definitely was a, a um, it was a world when I didn't plan it, it just kind of came to fruition, which is, I, I can't complain. I'll say that. It's definitely like, I think our event is something that doesn't happen often to say like, yes, yeah, some cons have their little, um, they'll have a formal event at night, maybe for like an hour or two, but there isn't like an official cosplay ball where everybody comes like dressed to the nines and everything. And at first it's like, is this something that can like happen? Where people go to something like this and the only thing that's like existed that's even along this line was that big sailor moon ball that happened like the beginning of last year in new york and people paid hundreds of dollars to go and i was like well if they can do that then ours can most definitely bring in a market too so that's pretty much how we got this ball rolling and like literally <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> I used to do, um, while I was in college, I was doing event planning all my years, planning large-scale events for student activities and everything. So this is nothing new to me. And it's something that's like, in my hobby, fun knows it's fun. And it's been, it's been fun. Like, we had our, um, our first event for the Black Panther premiere during Coxicon. That was, that was completely successful. We sold out for that one. That was, that was a really great one. You know, just to you for that idea. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was definitely good. We got a lot of great pictures and a lot of a lot of people that, you know, came back afterwards and said that they had like a really good time um, at the event. And basically um, from there, it, it's just kind of spiraled into what it is now. And basically um, the cost gala is founded on the fundamental ideas of like unity and uplifting cosplay and improving the quality of spirit in the community. Um, we wish to foster and like, you know, encourage the craft of, you know, cosplaying in an inclusive environment. And we also recognize that our skills, you know, as women of color, um, you know, in the cosplay communities, as well as our hobbies, um, and, you know, the things that we're passionate about in terms of our crafting, um, that we could, you know, have a community together to foster those skills and to share and, to, you know, actually build and do better things in our community. And um, I really think that this is just a unique approach to, you know, fandom that we all love. And um, I really think that the communication and networking that can be involved as well in the ball is something that, you know, could be a fresh look into the community. Because very often at cons and things, you see, you know, cookie cutter um, guests not taking anything from them, um, but definitely just, you know, like you see the same people, you don't see a lot of people, you know, outside of, you know, society standards, you know, people that look like us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but but the cost gala is an inclusive event and it's supposed to be a safe environment and a fun environment. And uh, we have a lot of, you know, cool things during this event that we uh, think everyone is going to like. 
Yeah, see, all like, right, like we're having all you can eat gourmet bar, open bar all night. Oh shit! Dancing, we're gonna have a cosplay contest. Um, we're in talks with Arda right now, so hopefully we can get in with them. We have a little bonus treats for people. Like, we want to make this something that people are going to remember. Exactly. Hmm. Is there any way that y'all could add like top tier, a top tier craft beer tasting table? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be interesting. That's a premium bar selection if that counts for anything. <laughs> I think y'all should do that. That would be odd. That's where I'd hang out. But like, yeah. even I mean, there's a lot of people are big fans of craft beer. That is true. Yeah, we do a craft we, beer we podcast. So, oh, that that would be awesome. Honestly, like I could get great yeah. pictures and. Uh, get my thirst quenched <laughs> it would be amazing but it sounds like you like first of all this is an amazing idea like and 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 i am i am a nigga like i am totally <laughs> a nigga okay so <laughs> when y'all were like cost gala i was like a gala i'm like i know what a gala is because i've seen like uppity black folk and show sometimes but I, I really don't understand what the concept is and then when you explain it i'm like oh i'm an idiot it's a cosplay gala okay this is amazing that's okay that's genius it's gonna be like a disney fairy tale event for cosplayers this is like this is where y'all gonna find y'all slipper and y'all prince i get it this exactly. is dope okay exactly and it's a masquerade ball so it adds a whole mystery to the whole event you know, everybody's in mask and everything. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, you should be. This is genius. Are y'all doing this in Maryland? Yes. Okay, yeah, so this Baltimore. is awesome. Yeah. At Martin's West. That was at a big wedding hall as well. <laughs> see, this is going to be beautiful. I can see this right now. This is going to be some. I'm going to take pictures there and then sell myself as a wedding photographer. That's how That's how awesome <laughs> I feel like y'all's event is going to look. So, um, like, it's, as far as planning this type of event, once you have such an idea, right, and you're like, okay, we've we've got a really big idea here, we've got a um, lot of we got a lot of feedback on it. Where do you go from there? Like, what was the process of, you know, organizing, or where do you where do you dip your fit your your foot in the event planning of something like I think, this? I think that's where I had to come in. Once we had the um, the idea down, they were like, cool. Now we need to look cool. We need graphics. So I'm I'm a professional graphic designer. Like I have my online store. I design a whole, whole bunch of stuff. So I was like, Anita, I got you. So come up with our logo. Come up with our fonts. Do her with the color scheme. Start making our graphics for everything. I just finished our website like a, like a few weeks ago. So okay, you're well, gonna you keep talking about this style. site. You got to tell us what it is. What is? I'm sorry, I don't mean it, but you keep talking about your site and your graphics. You gotta tell us where it I is. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, on the side, um, I do my day-to-day graphic design stuff. But on the side, I run a shop called Sweep It. That's my online store. It's nerdy apparel, all gamer stuff, anime, kawaii nonsense, like everything us little our little nerdy hearts love, pretty much. Spell and that out for me. I, I started the end of 2016, and it's been taking off. Uh, I will be at Tidewater Comic Con vending, so if you're there, come see me. <laughs> Wait, so so what's the what's the how do you spell the site out? So make sure they get this. Uh, Sweet Bits S W E E T space B I T Z. There's, <laughs> there's a space in your URL name. Oh 
no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no space in my URL. I'm sorry. I was spelling the name, but it's sweepits.net, spelled like how I said it. Okay. <laughs> One, the site is dope. Y'all got to go check this out. I'm, I pulled it up right oh, now. Thank you. I, we just finished that photo shoot a few weeks ago, and I'm like, this I'm still so reeling by it. <laughs> Yeah, this is really yeah, y'all, y'all definitely sweet bits. No space, please. Uh S W E E T B I T Z dot net. Y'all go check this out. And you said you're gonna be at Tidewater. Now is that in the Hampton Roads area? Cause if so, that's where I'm from. That is in Hampton Roads. I'm I'm based in Hampton Roads. I'm from Virginia Beach, so no. I'm the only one like on the board who's like from down here. I'm from seven five seven two, born and raised Hampton Roads, so okay. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Family, I just came back up from there this weekend. That's why it took me a while to get back to some people. I had to take the drive back up to Maryland. So I know, bro. I understand completely. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, so you did you did the graphic stuff. You started from there, and mm-hmm. you got this site up and, and going. Social media presence. Need to get our Facebook page. Got to make our Instagram page. Got to make your Twitter. You got to make yourself known on social media next, and then from that, it's just sharing, making posts, and sharing into groups cosplay groups con groups hashtag everything try to get a name out and like we had a rough start like the board we started out with i think there was six of us to start and then like we started the middle of the summer there were six and then by december it was just me and anita and then we got um two more people who came on well that's Ariane and cdc um cdc the greek geek and devilish vixen are their names like they helped us out a lot coming on. So it's just been us four since beginning of this year. And we just been rolling. Had our Black Panther event, built up even more steam. The Kasha right. built up even more steam. Like, we've been picking up. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, if you want to just go to the actual gala page, it's thecastgala.com. Um links to the tickets we got room blocks up for people and yeah. if you want to like know the spelling t-h-e-c-o-s-g-a-l-a.com and that's where you can see everything about the event um me personally like um i you know i am definitely the idea guy i implement i mean as the president you do everything there's nothing that you don't do that but there are people who specialize um in certain parts but um like i definitely it was like the idea and um sharitha was definitely the one of the first people to you know join the club and stay on the club thank goodness and um so uh yeah and like um i'm coming from an art and history background as well um and I did a lot of traveling prior to uh, coming back to the States. I've been to 16 countries so far, lived in two others. So, uh, you know, I've been around and I've, I've seen some pretty cool things and I have grand ideas. And so I just kind of wanted to put that into my life here. Okay. Um, and y'all definitely please go to their uh, costgala.com page, thecostgala.com. That's T H E. C-O-S-G-A-L-A dot com. Uh, this also is some black girl magic professionalism right here. <laughs> I need not let my wife see this because she's going to be trying to drag me to this gala. She wants to do like a ballroom dress up thing. And like I said, oh, I'm a nigger. That's perfect. <laughs> Look, see, I'm, now you got to. Now you have to. This is, I mean, but the, the fact that, is it only, so you said you have a board. Is it just you two? 
doing most of this? Two or other it's two other people. It's four of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's four of us. It's and we definitely have people that help um, us out and, you know, promote with us the Burning Spear. Also, the um, the Nerds of Color, the one that's um, starting the YCOM pop-up for Universal FanCon. They've helped us out. You know, a lot of friends that have just supported us so far. And um, we couldn't be more grateful for them. Now, um, question. what? So what is going to make... What, what can you do differently with a cosplay gala that you can't do with a regular one? Well, in general, most people um, are probably not going to come in a Spider-Man-inspired dress and mask. And um, more than likely, at a regular gala, you're not going to have the same kind of conversations. You know, we're all nerds. We're all, you know, we're all in this community. Exactly. So like-minded people, people who enjoy the craft, people who enjoy just creatives in general. Um, we're definitely open and, and wanting people who would like to vend at the event um, to come, you know, hit us up at um, our email at costgala.com, at gmail.com, and uh, let us know if you would like to event or table um, at our event. We're definitely, you know, there for that. Just as much group creativity and collaboration as possible cool okay i can see i can see all of this now um tell me i guess because keep mentioning being part of the nerd culture i'm just getting into like the the nerd culture after a couple of years like luckily the photography and stuff has allowed me to get more experience but i've always been like a movie television and just like a gaming person so it was different when I started reading comics and stuff. I, I did it later in my life. So I'm definitely not as knowledgeable or well-versed in the culture as you two are. I'm sure of it. But <laughs> what were y'all's first experiences that actually like roped you in to the nerd culture? We were like, oh, this is where I fit. Like, this is my place. Oh. Gotta go back to elementary school. <laughs> yeah, gotta go back a ways. I mean, I know it's so cliche, but Sailor Moon got me in, of course. Um, it's, it's like one of the, the main staple 90s anime that, you know, came in. It was like, oh my goodness, there's things that exist like this. And um, and from there was pretty much all she wrote for me personally. And I uh, kind of been just diving into the nerd culture ever since. And uh, nerd is a very kind of broad term now. Like nerd encompasses a lot of things. Yep. Yep. What about you, uh, Sharifa? I think for me, because um, my older brother, he, he was always into anime and everything. So I would always end up watching what he's watching, which was always Dragon Ball Z or Tenchi Muyo or Pokemon. So, and Sailor Moon as well. So naturally, I, I got into it as well. And from that, it went to me discovering manga. And then when I was about 14 is when the first time I went to a con. And um, NekoCon was my first con. And like after that, it was a wrap. After I realized there's so many other people who are into this stuff as much as I was, even more. Yeah, <laughs> I was locked in after that. What What is it about, like, cosplaying that that draws you in? Because, some like, I, f I feel like y'all are braver than I am. Like, the fact, and way more creative. <laughs> it's not, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm being serious. I know it sounds funny, right? But it's, 
I look at like the amount of work and the attention and time that cosplayers put into the 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 attire, the apparel, the the, the dressing up, like, and it's nothing but respect for it because. I would be so scared to just walk around in public like that. Like, I know once you get into, like, the convention centers, I'm sure it's more comfortable. Like, it's easier to breathe. But I don't like people staring at me, period, like, in general. So, <laughs> you know, what is that like? And, and what was it like your, your first time, you know, just doing cosplay and going out in the world? <laughs> I, I, was, I used to be, like, a really, like, shy kid, so... I was definitely nervous first time ever, like, walking around in cosplay, like, in public. But you kind of, like, I don't know, I guess over time you just get used to the look, you ignore it, because you're like, you know why they're staring? You're in cosplay. Of course somebody's staring at you. You just have to, like, have, like, that confidence in yourself, which, like, that's definitely something that's built with me over the years of cosplay. Like, it's been a constant. So, like, once I feel confident, like, yeah, you're staring, but I feel like I look good, so that's all that matters. That's what's up. like, you don't even think about it no more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. And if you just, I mean, it's honestly, if you just love what you're doing and, you know, dressing up as your favorite, you know, video game character, anime character, comic character, you know, television character, whichever, you know, you prefer, you know, to embody, you know, things that you look up to or admire, just have fun. Um, it's a way to not be so nine to five with one's life, I guess is the best way to describe it. And, um, yeah, for me, like, I think it's actually kind of funny when I get the stairs because I'm sitting there and looking at them wondering what is going on in their mind. And that game is pretty fun to me. So, um, and I know that, you know, because of that, you know, they can't do or they're not doing what I'm doing. It just, it, it amuses me. So, like, um, I, I think it's fun. And of course, I was nervous, like, the first time I was going out in cosplay and not in the center, but I was walking to the convention center or I was going to 7-Eleven to get something to eat in the, in the middle of the day. Um, yeah, you just kind of, you get used to it. And, you, you know, it's all about, like, liking yourself and being happy with who you are. So if that's the case, it doesn't matter who looks. Hmm. That's and it's I think it's cool going to conventions and just being able to see like Spider-Man drinking an ice mocha from Starbucks. <laughs> right. I'm just chilling, <laughs> hanging out, ain't got nothing to do. Like everybody have all these dress up and it adds like this normality to the characters. Right. Mm -hmm. That I think is that people kind of just like you really don't pay attention to it, but the more you think about it, it's just like it's just dope to see these all these characters come to life through the fans, which I think is the best representation that they could possibly get. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's what I love about it. That's really what I love about it. Just like bringing my favorite characters to life, like it's fun. I'm gonna do it one day. I promise. I swear. I'm probably not. Oh, yeah, you're coming to the ball. <laughs> I like staying yeah, behind the camera. Oh no. <laughs> Y'all done wrote me in, maybe. I don't know. Probably not, though. I got to stay behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fun, too. I, I am a music person. I am a uh, hip-hop head. I am uh, everything now at this point. Uh, photography has allowed me to have a lot of different adventures, and I listen to everything I can at this point. So I always wonder, 
when I see events like this, what type of music is going to get played at the gala? Like, especially for a cosplay gala. Like, I feel like I have no idea what I might hear from a DJ that might spin there. Definitely going to be a mix um, because a gala is not like, you know, your typical bar, you, you know, like after, you know, an event, there's normally like, oh, an after party and the after party is normally like, you know, a bar or a club or something like that. Where here, you know, there's actually, you know, we're going to have vendors and, um, you know, the social a social like type of situation and there's going to be dinner so you know people are going to be sitting down at some point you know eating and you know conversing with each other so we're definitely trying to do a um kind of a nerddom is what i like to call it mix of um edm trap during that time frame and then if you move down to the actual dancing part um you'll definitely be able to hear some of your top 40 um definitely infused with some nerd mix yeah our dj um dj taylor senpai he he actually dj's at a lot of cons so, uh, especially in the dmb area so we got a known con dj to play for us he's a great friend for both so we're really excited to have him yeah he just played the after party at um awesome con at the howard theater so oh okay shit that's what's up (laughs) yeah and see me i just like if i went which i'm not you know don't hold me to it now if i own it don't come looking for me if i don't show up (laughs) i like to stay behind the camera but if i was there i would i guess i would hope to hear like some new job is Cause I'm a oh, shamer, I, love I can't play Oh, I love new <laughs> Yeah, that'd be it. If I just hear like two new Jabe songs, I'm good. Like you can play whatever you, you want. Good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That'd be perfect for dinner time, honestly. That yeah, you're right. You're right. That would be yes. shout out to R.I.P. New Jabe's man. Um, yes, R.I.P. Too gone too young for sure. For sure. All right, so um, I guess I want to get. Again, I want to beat people listening over the head with the details of this so they show up. What I hear, what I'm hearing, y'all, is that this is going to be a dope cosplay dress up event for uh, women, people of color, basically anybody in the culture that embraces it in a positive way and maybe is a, another place that you won't have to worry about some of the things that you deal with doing cl- cosplay at cons, bigger cons. Mm-hmm. Because it seems to be more of an intimate type thing, um, yes. which I think is cool. So, can we get the details, like the date, where people can go to get their tickets, um, any anything you want to put out there that people need to know before they sign up? Like, you can't wear this, but you can wear this, or uh, <laughs> you can't ride in on a horse, nigga. We don't have rooms for horses, <laughs> nigga. Stuff like that. Like, we just want the full details. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, um, in terms of the site, um, again, www.thecostgala.com and um, on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, it's all the cost gala, T-H-E, or sorry, at the cost gala, the at symbol, T-H-E-C-O-S-T-A-L-A. So, um, and go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the Costco will be September 29th, um, 2018, obviously. It will start at 7, but if you get VIP, we do have a, a separate VIP. You can come in hour early for cocktail hour, get a little extra gift in and all of that. But it goes on to midnight, having a good time. Y'all should come out. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely you gotta come out you have to come out it's gonna be something that you remember and there's nothing else like it cool and um let's get y'all's personal handles too so people can follow you um directly as well as far as following the gal i know you probably have your own instagram pages and your twitter pages maybe a facebook group or I don't know. Facebook is a little personal and people be acting a fool. So don't get that out. <laughs> don't get that out because I don't want them to come uh, looking for you. No. Um, for Instagram, I'm tranquil underscore ashes. Um, you'll know it's me if you see the female Akuma as the profile picture. And for me, um, on Instagram, I am pastel dots cosplay. Regular pastel dots is just my regular account, but I'm the only person under that name, so you can find either or. And it's the same for Facebook and Twitter as well. At pastel dots with Ooh. a Z. With a Z. She likes Z's. There's a lot of Z's. I do. I do. <laughs> it's a cool curvy letter. Like like you know, Z is like rigid, but he looks cool. Like you don't fall for nobody. But, uh, <laughs> I feel like that's Z's personality. Plus, he the last nigga in the bet, so you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm silly. All right. No. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. All right, and um, I I I greatly appreciate y'all um hitting me up. I shot that. You know, I reached. I just wanted to reach out and interview some of these people because the more I saw people going, I I did not realize that this event was as big. Uh, Universal Con. I didn't realize it was as big as it was yeah. until it yeah. failed. And then I started yeah. seeing all of these cool people in these, you know, kind of dire, sucky situations. And I was like, oh, that person looks cool. That person looks cool. And you, I'm just like, you know what? I want to interview some of these people. And it really wasn't, it's, I th- it's, no, it's something I had never thought about. And then I was like, you know what? I finally, I should just open up our platform and just talk to them. You know, every little bit helps. So, I appreciate y'all allowing us to do that for you because this is sounds like a really cool event. And I hope our listeners, I hope I, I hope I see some of our listeners there. I'm not saying I'm gonna be there. Don't be looking for me and shit, because I like to stay behind the camera. But I hope that some of our our listeners go because that sounds dope. Like it really does. Black dress up, safe environment, some new job ads might get played. Y'all should show. Y'all should come out. And they talking about cocktail hour and foods. That's that's just that's just elite black shit. I'm all about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> black excellence. Yes, elite black geekdom. I'm all about all of that. So thank you, ladies, for um for joining us. It it, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Like it's totally appreciated. Thank you so much. No doubt. And um, y'all are like basically once you're a guest or get interviewed by us, you are now Forty Acres Fam. So we will. Awesome. You are obligated to. You are obligated to come back for the full show as a guest. That's fine. Okay. So be looking for that email when we when we throw up the symbol in the sky and you see it. Go ahead and just hop on the mic. <laughs> well. All right. All right, y'all. Um, shout out to everybody else listening, and we're out of here. Peace. Bye. Bye. Well. That went as well as could be expected, didn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, so hmm. let's start with FanCon. Let's just let's just start with FanCon. So, DJ, you don't know, or you do now a little bit, maybe, what was going on with FanCon? It just sounds like fuckery. Like it just sounds like a whole bowl of fuckery. Yeah, like I don't know. Besides 
you know, like the, the beauty Jackson girl you told me, and I just know her based off of tweets. I don't follow her, but mm-hmm. I don't know any other of the people besides Joy. You know, I like Joy, but um, yeah, from what you've told me so far, and it sounds like it's more foolishness since Monday. Huh. So let me just get let me just get the document. That came out because y'all I think it's the, oh they've been tracking the shit out of this. Like, That's how you they, know it's bad. This is not are investigative reporter pieces literally about God this, damn. Deidre. It, it is that fucked up. Jesus. The That's best terrible. way to approach it at this point is to go by the document. For me to explain to you as I watch this shit go down in real time, from beginning <laughs> to now, it is it's a bumblefuck of what the fuck. Okay, it makes no sense how any of this went down, and yet it's still going down. You every time you think it's hit the ground floor of rock bottom and bullshit, it mm-hmm. breaks through and continue its way and continues its way to what the hell? It's insane. So so here we go. Um, Universal Fan Con, and this was written by uh, Jasmine Joyer. So I'm gonna skim through this because it's the best way to explain this shit. In the mo with the most specific breakdown, Universal FanCon was meant to be a celebration of inclusivity and fandom, but as the show was unceremoniously canceled a week before it was expected to occur, fans are asking what happened. So, what was Universal FanCon? Universal FanCon, written FanCon on the Kickstarter and FanCon in more recent missives was announced to to great fanfare in 2016, described as the first multi-fandom con dedicated to inclusion, highlighting women, LGBTQ, the disabled, and persons of color. The project achieved double their initial goal of $25,000, making $56,498 U.S. dollars by the time their Kickstarter campaign came to a close in January of 2017. Co-founded by Jamie of black girl nerds and Robert from the black geeks. The Kickstarter also stated Lamorne Morris, Twan should know who that is from Fox's hit show. New girl will be partnering with us to help bring a lot of fun and excitement to the con as well as hosting panels and special events for fans. As a comedian, we are fortunate to have Mr. Morris's leadership. This was the only time that Morris was mentioned. He was never included in any future program in advertising and never publicly mentioned Universal Fan Con. <laughs> That's how this shit started. Lies from Jump Street. So these niggas had tears, of course, because everybody has tears when you do a Kickstarter. So they had a $35 tier. And on the $35 tier, you get one weekend pass to Universal Fan Con, a photo op with a celebrity guest, a digital copy of the Universal Fan Con commemorative program, a personal thank you note from the Fan Con for $35. That had 361 backers. Okay. 361 supporters backed this. <laughs> now, for $35, you could get the same package, but with a weekend pass to the show. That means that with just two tiers, the convention was already well hold on let me let me start from the beginning the kickstarter included eight tiers from one dollar to five thousand dollars and fan con achieved backers at every level 
the prices seemed unusually cheap and didn't appear to factor in talent charging for photos as a regular at conventions. For example, there's $10 pledge level, which had 275 backers, included a Saturday pass, a photo op with a celebrity, a digital copy of the commemorative program, and a personal thank you note. For $35, you could get the same shit I just read with a weekend pass, but with a weekend pass for the show. That means with just two tiers, the convention was already promising to give away 636 free photo opportunities with a guest. Now, at similar size cons, a celebrity photograph would usually cost $15 to $125. This aspect of the Kickstarter seems suspect as photo ops are one of the main ways that celebrity guests who attend cons make money from them. The fact that though the the fact that though there were no announced guests, the team felt comfortable promising hundreds of free photos was the first hint of what to come. So to put this into perspective for people who didn't understand, when you look up cons like New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con and you see that your favorite actor from Arrow is coming or that John Boyega is coming and he's going to be doing photos and autographs, that shit is not free. You have to stand in a line and you have to pay. And the price depends on how celebrity the celebrity is, okay? If it's some dude from Back to the Future that played a side character, then you might be paying 10 to $15. If it's Michael J. fucking Fox, then you probably paying $125 to get a picture with him. That's how this shit works. So any of your main stars from these main television shows, like anybody from DC or Marvel right now, that is a top player. If your favorite show is Jessica Jones, you're going to be playing, you're going to be paying Jessica over $85 to get a picture with her. Okay. That's how that shit goes down. What Universal FanCon decided to do was to go, hey, guys, if you pay us $35 for a ticket, oh, no, if you back us $35, this ain't even with the con set up and, like, people starting to build it yet. This is just the Kickstarter, y'all. This is just an idea right now, okay? This is like the first date of how a convention gets started. Imagine the convention is the baby, this is the first fucking date. And they say, hey, you get a free photo with whatever guest comes to our con when we make that con happen. Wow. What kind of fucking promise is that? Just wow. But stories two, and lies, that's what it is. But 276 <laughs> people brought into the $10 version and 361 people brought into the $5, the $35 version. At that point, they're at about 600 and some people that are supposed to get free photos. They have not even talked to the celebrity guests that these people would get the photos from yet. Because if you promise shit like that, you either got to pay them celebrities off top to cover for that shit, or it's not going to happen. It's one or the other. And side note, you also got to pay for the actual photographers who are going to be taking these Yo, pictures. Yo, Right. They don't do that for free. No. So then they had a $500 tier. 15 people supported the Kickstarter at the $500 level and six people supported it at the $1,000 level. And one person, one sad, hurt person. And I do not mean that sarcastically. I mean, this brother, this person is hurt. He was hurt by this person was hurt by this. 
they had a $5,000 tier. And this what? person bought it. Five. And this is one of, this is the response from that person uh, who has now, whose name is Owen P on Twitter. And they changed their name to Def Not Going to Be at FanCon. <laughs> 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 their initial statement was, the Kickstarter is about more than just raising money. It is our coming out party. The Kickstarter also allows us to begin building out our mailing list for announcements through our newsletter. Oh, wait, 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 wait. My bad. That's from the, that's from the, I'm, I'm reading the wrong shit, dog. My bad, y'all. I'm reading from the Kickstarter shit. Let me read his initial. Where is it? Okay, here it is. This is, I love this. I love that he had this, this, I can I keep saying he, cause it says Owen. I'll assume it's a he. I love that he had this way of introducing the fact that he was the $5,000 backer on Twitter. He put, you see this here? Record scratch. Yeah, that's me. You might be wondering how I got here. And and it's a picture of his donation as the $5,000 backer. It says mm-hmm. one person and it has his name. And he says, well, it stated would be would believe it started with believing in this event and what it stood for. Just being a nerd, a geek, a dork, a fan, whoever from wherever you like Firefly. Well, shit, me too. Come on down. Let's chill and experience the celebration of art, culture and fandom together. Hashtag fan I was pumped for over a year to meet other fans of shit I like, make new friends, meet some industry folk. But then it's nonsense. You know what? I'm still mad. I can't type anymore. Hashtag universal fan car. <laughs> and that, that was it. That, that was the end of the movie. Wow. Y'all. Wow. Just wow. All right. So let's get back to the documented everything. All right. The Kickstarter, and this is the Kickstarter states. The Kickstarter is about more than just raising money. It is our coming out party. The Kickstarter also allows us to begin building our mailing list for announcements through newsletters. The Kickstarter is the first step in the process of building meaningful communication with fans. Funds from the Kickstarter will go towards offsetting many of the costs that we will incur. We have already secured the venue, so the show will go on. This directly contradicts pretty much every official and casual statement made by the heads of FanCon. We have stated that the convention center took up most of their money and was the cause of the collapse of the convention. Let's talk about the convention center. They wanted to do this shit at Baltimore, at a Baltimore Convention Center, which is in the middle of Baltimore. It is huge. This is a first time con. And they rented out the whole convention center. Damn. I think at capacity from what I heard somebody told me on Twitter, don't quote me on this. I don't know if this is true. I think it can hold total 10,000 people. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Convention Center is like really, really humongous. Even most of the time when they have events, it's not like one whole event takes over the entire space. It takes mm-hmm. over a chunk of the space. It covers like a decent amount of the Inner Harbor region in Baltimore, mm-hmm. like in downtown. Even um, Baltimore Comic Con itself doesn't take up the entire um, convention center. Let's see. Total space is 1,225,000 square feet. 
The exhibition hall floor is 300,000 square feet. And it has the ballroom is 32,000 feet. I am not sure exactly how many rooms it has. But again, y'all, this was not San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, no, it's 752 rooms. No, wait, that's not right. That's the hotel. I was about to say, that's crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> Any, either way, fucking San Diego Comic-Con gets like 10 times this, okay? But, y'all, the first time they probably did they shit, they probably had a couple thousand people. Not 10,000 people. Now, there are numbers that we'll get to later in this, I'm sure. This document is really long. But here were the numbers that they really had. Here's the numbers that we were told they had, that was rumored that was had. 11,000 tickets sold. That was the rumor. Now, originally for their Kickstarter, they had 1,136 backers or some number like that. 1,136, 1,167, something like that. That's a tenth of how many tickets they claim they sold. That is amazing, my nigga. Do you understand what I'm saying? That would be like me telling y'all we have 5,000 podcast subscribers for Where's My 40 Acres. For this one episode, we got 500,000 or we got 50,000 downloads for this one episode. Nigga, them is the read numbers. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Actually, I think they do more than that, which kind of makes me sad now. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. Yeah, they do. Them, them is read numbers, my nigga. Them is Hennessy mm-hmm. is sponsoring your podcast numbers. Them is you traveling around the world doing shows sold out, my nigga. Okay, numbers. That's what this con is claiming that they did first time around. Nobody's ever been to this con before, y'all. They claim they had sold mm-hmm. 11,000 tickets. Even though they had 10% backing. Okay. In reality, it seems that they really only sold about 736 tickets. And I say sold still not understanding how many tickets they were giving away because if you had a 100 if you had 1100 backers that still only puts you at barely 2000 tickets if you figure every backer got at least a day pass that still only amounts or equates to about 2000 folks So that's not 11,000 people. That's not enough people for you to need to rent out the whole Baltimore Convention Center to do this. They needed a room mm-hmm. and maybe a square of the first floor. Not even a full square either. Like a baby square. They asked for $25,000, y'all. They got 56. There's no reason this con should have failed given where they started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who organized Universal Fan Con? And this is where it starts to get fun. Jamie, best known for running Black Girl Nerds, was most currently listed on the Universal Fan Con site as Director of Community Outreach. 
but was initially listed on multiple platforms, including her own Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and the Universal FanCon Kickstarter as the co-founder. At this point in time, Jamie last made a public statement denying any knowledge of internal or financial workings of FanCon, as well as multiple tweets to the same effect, though her name was signed to both the announcement email sent to backers and the official statement. Let's see. They got some examples of Jamie's stuff. So, yeah, calling them lies. <laughs> Robert, CEO, the Black Geeks, was listed as president or executive director and is another of FanCon's self-proclaimed co-founders, along with being a very vocal presence on social media, promoting the con. He is listed creator of the Universal FanCon starter. He made multiple statements on his Twitter, Darth Geek, Darth, Darth Geekonius. And he also found another Twitter handle he had, which was Robert, his last name, underscore, and the con needing money and about the eventual. So this is one of his, I'm not going to say it's one of his tweets. Um, so anyway, let's see. Peter was listed as vice president of business strategy. Thus far, Peter has not made a public statement on Universal FanCon and hasn't used his Twitter account since February this year. Austin was listed as the financial director of FanCon and is named as the person who registered both Universal FanCon and the FanCon Foundation as a corporation on the Virginia State website. He has no social media presence. Ty Pham. Ty Pham was Universal FanCon's vice president of convention operations and entertainment. In his list of duties, he was stated to collaborate with finance team to ensure the event is without budget. It's within budget. Pham actually has a history of running crowdfunding campaigns for conventions that become quote unquote postponed or canceled. Pham was involved with PrideCon, which was an LGBT themed convention, LGBTQ themed convention planned for Anaheim, California in 2016, ran a Kickstarter along his partner, only known as Long, and they raised $15,000. But as was reported on Social Blade, the convention never actually happened. In fact, just like FanCon, the show was canceled after reaching out on social media for money to help save the convention. So he got a history of this shit. This isn't the only con either. I think they found like two other cons this guy was involved in that were scams. Damn. Ron, who was listed by Universal FanCon as Vice President of Public Relations and Corporate Communications, is a self-proclaimed Grammy expert. I don't know what the fuck that means. Though it's hard to find concrete evidence of what he does, or like many of these, those listed on the FanCon site, what he actually did for Universal FanCon, we did find a couple of now defunct YouTube channels where Ron spoke about himself as a sort of musical self-help guru and children's book author. Oh, how nice. Tom. Mm -hmm. Tom was listed on Universal FanCon's website as vice president of marketing and sales. His website claims he has over either 18 or 20 years of experience in online marketing. In our investigation of Tom, we discovered something odd about his Twitter presence. We found multiple Toms on Twitter. Each either sharing the same photo shown on the Universal FanCon site or a different picture of the same man, but bearded, advertising different brands. We combed through all the Twitter profile threads and we eventually concluded that VP of marketing and sales, Tom, might be a fucking bot. Are you serious? That brands mm-hmm. can hire. That motherfucker is like a Westworld villain. A bot. A bot. 
Wow. I'm so, waiting to hear that Russians are behind it, the way this is going right now. Because I would this not, is just really insane. The cancellation. So this is where the shit hit the fucking fan. On April 20th, mm-hmm. Kickstarter backers began to receive notifications from one of Universal Fancom's partner hotels, indicating that the rooms which were part of their Kickstarter backer rewards had been canceled. Yes, I think the $250 tier and up, you got a hotel room. Well, that room you got a notification about being canceled last Friday, along with the convention itself. It should be noted that a hotel would be in breach of their contract if they suddenly canceled an agreement with a client for no valid reason. So this shit was canceled by the con folk. Distraught and confused, Kickstarter backers took to Twitter to voice their worries with the fan con only to be met by hours of silence. Later that morning, many hours after the news broke on Twitter, Jamie sent an email to all Kickstarter backers confirming the cancellation of the con. Instead of BCCing all 500 plus backers, she CC'd them. Effectively leaking the personal emails of hundreds of people. This is where our buddy Jamie jumped into. I mean, not Jamie. This is where our buddy Joy jumped into the picture. Because she was serious about getting an apology for her email and contact information being linked to 499 other plus other people. She was not happy about that shit. Rightfully so. When my emails, my email got leaked on that. I got that email. Mm. So this was the email. It is with a heavy heart that we must announce that Universal FanCon is being postponed until further notice. We understand and deeply apologize for the disappointment and anger this decision may generate. We are accurately aware of the impact of postponing the convention. We understand there will be a lot of people affected by this decision, and we were working hard to help everyone make alternate arrangements. We are now taking the steps to reschedule the convention, and we will provide an update on when the new date is announced. All registered ticket holders and exhibition exhibitors will have the opportunity to have a ticket and booth space held for them at no additional cost. We are currently working on a list of facts, FAQs, to go on the website to answer as many questions as possible about why this happened and what went wrong. Thank you for your hard work and dedication to Universal FanCon. If you receive instructions from the public, you can have them email. We apologize for any inconvenience. This may have caused you, and we hope you will join us in the future for a new event with Universal FanCon. Sure. Sign Jamie, mm. Director of Community Outreach. A week before things were going to start. Exactly. So first of all, no I mean a week before. Beforehand. I mean a week before all the it's supposed to start, but after all the foolishness happened. I'd be like, fuck this apology. Okay. Apologies are nice when they're sincere and they actually have constructive things to go after them. Mm-hmm. You send this not like early in the morning before the hotel stuff comes. You had the hotel contact people first. So you already know there's like shit and shenanigans happening. You know what I mean? It's almost like we got to try to clean this up because people weren't supposed to find out these hotels were canceled, which is already shady. But they just do this nice flowery thing. And it's like, okay, well, if stuff got canceled, we can kind of understand that. You know, it might not be cool, but we can understand it. Why did it occur? And for those who don't want to attend your future event that you gave us no date for, um, how can we get money back? 
And that's when things got even worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is where shit kind of gets a little weird and everything starts coming out. So uh, one Twitter person who was affiliated as a director of, I think, entertainment groups submitted her resig- her letter of resignation as this shit was unfolding on Twitter April 20th with a picture taken of her resignation, I guess, being submitted. Because that's cool. You can do that day of shit hitting the fucking fan. That's a good way to distance yourself. Um, there was another podcast that was a part of this. They kind of went radio silent and didn't even speak until Sunday on the matter. So we'll hold off on that. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie released at least three statements in two days for no fucking reason whatsoever. Robert went on a tantrum, blaming, basically mm-hmm. saying, Y'all weren't the only ones affected by this. We were too. <laughs> we brought plane tickets and hotels as well. Mr. Uh, Mr. Me Too stuff. Yes, he fucking did. He did. Wow. Very loud and blatantly on Twitter. And he... this did all the tweets. Nerve. Then so he literally said, like, he's like, I suffered too, y'all. Yes. I suffered too. Then the, like, nigga, um, we lost money. It's like, um, okay. Um, so does that supposed to balance it out and make everything better? But nigga, you lost our businesses, money. businesses have risk. You know, Business. you might make your money back. You might not make it back. That's a way of life. I ain't going to cry for you for doing that and then being irresponsible with it. It's still not telling us how you lost the damn money. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the guys associated with this hasn't said a fucking word since it went down. People have been calling on him to speak for a minute and no words have been spoken. Let's see. Um, what else happened? What else happened? Jane, they did an FAQ page. The FAQ page was changing in real goddamn time and people were tracking it. People were like, hey, first it said this. Now it's saying this. Now it's saying this. I think there are four different revisions of the FAQ page. Then they just finally just Mm -hmm. took it. They just took it down after it got shat on because it was a pompous written fucking bloated mess. And the part that pissed people off the most was their reasoning for not doing refunds, which I found to be amazing. Nigga. They were like, Mm. we will not refund your ticket because when you brought your ticket, there was a no refund. All sales are final policy. (gasps) My nigga. It does not work like that. If you cancel your be, own that's, that's, fucking that's a fade on site. Hell they, they, no. They essentially spit in people's faces with that. Yes. Yeah, because it's one thing if the thing goes on and I just can't make it. There's <laughs> another thing where y'all cancel and y'all act shady as shit. And we're not giving you your money back. We took your money, we canceled our own shit. Like if that was the case, I would definitely be running uh you better hope I don't cancel this event business. Because I could just take your money for myself and keep taking people's money and not be responsible at all or accountable at all. And that's been the biggest fucking problem with this whole fiasco of bullshit. Everybody whose name, they had 50, they had 52 affiliates on their about page. They had 52 people who were associated with this, with the preparation of this con. And they had a group, a handful of nigga names at the top and knows the people that have been called on that should have had knowledge about the fund all claim they didn't have no fucking knowledge of what was going on with the money. They all will not take accountability. Nobody will tell the truth. It has been pointed out multiple times that Jamie just keeps lying. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Jamie keeps lying. Rob is telling people he's a victim, too. There are other people who have, contrib- who have contributed. An email leaked 
a email there was a there was a video put out by one group where they said they didn't have any knowledge of it and then an email came out that basically shows they did have knowledge of it it's been crazy like people were like you knew about this before this week and everybody's like we just found out in april but they're literally email trails being leaked that show they knew about it in march they knew about it in february they knew about it last year Mm-hmm. Okay, they knew how many people they had, how many people they didn't. Y'all, where's my forty acres? Was supposed to be covering this as press. I announced that we would be doing press at this last week. You know why I announced that? Because on Tuesday we got an email telling us we'd be doing press. That's around the same time we got it over here at the Fuse Box Radio too. Mm-hmm. So they Damn. were still getting people to come. Mm-hmm. L. Joy Williams spent twenty seven hundred dollars on a booth recently, not a year ago, nigga. Recently. So they were still taking money from people. But in this email uh, sent out to the FanCon partners, they were partners. This is this was clearly a fucking business. Ticket sales. We need a great deal of support from everyone is in all caps. Orange. Like YouTube's favorite YouTube video cover color. On the team to bring up our ticket sales. The con already has a stunning lineup of guests with more being added as we speak along with some very attractive and necessary programming or panels. FanCon is truly the place to be the weekend of April 27th through the 29th. With that, we have a goal of 18,000 tickets sold. If we meet our benchmark of 18,000 tickets sold, we will profit share $150,000 with all active affiliate groups. So this was not volunteer. This wasn't for the love. It was for some bread. So this this was uh, this statement was put out after the foolishness. This is before. Well, the email leaked after the foolishness. It leaked after, yeah. You had the fact and this other stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. But they knew for a long time that. They were in the red. Look, you can tell this is an old email because it says recently it was announced by Marvel that they moved up the Infinity War release to April 27th. You know how long ago that was done? Yeah, that was a minute ago. That, that was around the beginning of the year. We need everyone to use the hashtag FanCon Assemble to push the idea of Marvel or Disney integrating FanCon. These niggas wanted Marvel to reach out to them. <laughs> oh my goodness okay i'm not reading anymore this email this is and frustrating me as i'm looking at it like it's bugged out because financial issues people can understand financial issues events get delayed every day but certain stuff just gets out of one's way the way this all went down, it was like they knew they had goodwill, but they didn't give a shit about it besides capitalizing on it. And our various communities already deal with that bullshit every single day. And even if you want to believe their version of the truth that, oh, we didn't know till the last minute or whatever, all they had to do was tell people. They literally could have been there like, yo, we're kind of asked out right now if we want to have it on this level. Can we get some more tickets? Can we get some more sponsorships? Whatever else. We heard not a single word of that for about two years since that Kickstarter started. 
Nobody ever said they had any issues. Nope. Or any problems until the cancellation that they didn't even have the nerve to tell people first off on their own. People had to find out from hotels they were planning to stay in after they booked travel, after vendors who, God knows if I was a vendor, I'd be on the hunt ready to stab somebody. Vendors bought tables, panelists planned stuff, and people who sometimes, that might be their entire ass vacation, is doing stuff like this. Getting their stuff together. And they just cuts people off at the knees and are just there like, oh, by the way, middle finger to y'all for getting refund because we said y'all ain't getting no refunds. Three black geeks had a host come it's from Japan. Scary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three black geeks had a, had a host of their podcast come all the way from Japan. Damn. Like I had people coming in from California and other places. And like you said, with the three black geeks joint, I'm just there like, yeah, people internationally traveling. But they had a group called, uh, they had a group like black girl gamers, which had one host coming from London. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is where Joy's story starts to come into play here. And let me tell you something. Y'all don't want Joy coming after y'all because she's a fucking bulldog, okay? Wait. She not, girl. Not, not at all. She, she's all about it. <laughs> after Joy went at this shit, most of the writing staff of BGN quit, like, in sequence. It was, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all my story and why I'm quitting in uh, 250 letters or 250 words, whatever it is allowed in a tweet. Uh, 280 maybe I don't know I think they doubled it alright um, they were also sell- y'all they also sold merchandise claiming wow. to be a non-profit mm-hmm. okay they did a lot man they I just see lot. all this revenue mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm and curious that- to who, who profited off of all of this stuff apparently I'm- nobody according to them which is a lie but okay probably that nigga that's being quiet <laughs> It's a couple of them, though. It's about five of them. I was say that's quite a few quiet people, though. Yeah. All right. So, um, here's here was we spoke to Joy, who was approached about source funding, about sourcing funding for a potential very high profile speaker for FanCon Foundation. This is Joy. I was a podcaster and writer for Black Girl Nerds for about two years. I left the organization on March first, but was introduced uh, March first of 2018. But was introduced to the announcement of FanCon through them. The concept of FanCon sounded amazing—a convention that celebrates nerds from marginalized communities. Sign me up. I donated seventy-five dollars, which granted me two weekend passes, and one of those passes would be for life. I want y'all to hear what I just said. They had a tier for seventy-five dollars that got you a pass for life. For life. For life. A lifetime pass. Okay, so. You can get a lifetime pass to Olive Garden for $75. Did nobody like read through this thing and be like, this sounds sketchy as fuck? I work in corporate and the business structure for uh, providing four life passes doesn't seem sustainable. However, because seven, <laughs> however, because $75, it was, y'all got to understand, I'm hearing this in Joy's voice as I'm reading it, so it makes it even more funny. She's however, like, man, it's $75, so I, I, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> However, because 75 wasn't an amount that would cause financial hardship for me, I supported and waited for the event. In September 2017, I received a message from Kendall, who was at the time the Associate Director of Business and Strategy for FanCon. Kendall is a friend of mine. There was a request from Peter, who is Director, now VP of Business and Strategy, to speak to me, potential sponsorship for my company. Kendall asked on behalf of Peter to talk about the sponsorship opportunity as because, as because she's a friend of mine, I set, I set up the meeting. 
Peter, Kendall, and I discussed the sponsorship opportunity. It was a guest speaking situation with Michelle Obama for the first night of the con. Excuse me? It was a guest speaking situation with Michelle Obama for the first night of the con. So, <laughs> these lying black niggas are really saying <laughs> the Queen Michelle was going to come and speak. Okay. Based on okay. Peter's account, they Patrick couldn't afford Michelle Lay. We're trying to get Michelle Obama nigga. to come through and speak. They couldn't afford wow. Michelle Williams. Based on Peter's account, they wanted a sponsor that the Obama team could vet and pay for the speaking event. He was asking for $250,000. I sent the information to a senior brand employee at my company and discussed it with them. They believed the sponsor request was too high, and I agreed. But trying to be helpful, I recommended they reach out to another company connection I had and provided that information to them. After getting consent from the contract, from the contact, shortly after sending the note, I received a message from Kendall informing me that the FanCon team did not have their 501c3 paperwork completed. I don't work in nonprofit sector, so at the time, I had no clue what the paperwork was. However, incomplete paperwork was all I needed to hear to let Peter know that we would not be moving forward with the process. I sent him an email letting him know this, and I still have those emails for reference. Peter sent me a follow-up email in September and November, both of which I didn't respond to. Kendall left the FanCon planning team shortly afterward as well, and I thank her for letting me know that they did not have their paperwork together. Look look at how she bigged up her girl and put her in a good place as well. Even then, I still plan to go to FanCon because I paid money and had tickets. I changed my mind after they moved the Infinity War date to the same weekend and I wanted to see the film with my friends. Since my Kickstarter backup perks included one free ticket for life, I had an opportunity to go next year. But now that the event is postponed and I've been a, and I've been a part of the lack of professionalism via one of my co-founders emailing hundreds of people without BCCing me, she's talking about Jamie, I no longer want to support. I have yet to receive an apology from the team releasing multiple personal emails. Now, now that the con has been postponed and I said my piece on social media, my questions have been have now been focused on Peter and the fact that he is not he has yet to make a statement and is listed as a director of business and strategy. If you didn't have the 501c3 paperwork together for that for this in September 2017, did it ever get processed? And if so, what happens now that you are not having the event? Roxy Mark tweeted that FanCon did not have did have a nonprofit arm called FanCon Foundation. This was new information to me, and I am even more concerned about what will happen to the nonprofit arm. Then Rob responded and said, yes, we have a foundation and we're giving back to the community in a big way. More in the next few weeks. This shouldn't surprise anyone familiar with those behind FanCon. Bruh. Now, now let's, let's break this down. These folks that are just lie on a regular level, they lied about having a 501c3. That is major. That is like IRS can come to your door if they want to insert your books and take your ass to jail. Major, if you're trying to raise money a certain way and you're like declared as one kind of business and you're trying to essentially hustle people on another. So they double their hustle in a pretty unnecessary way because most people, they see nonprofit, they're like, oh, okay, it's going to help out people. And mm-hmm. on top of that, let's say that, you know, you're getting around tax time. Oh, I donated to um Universal Fan Con, whatever the nonprofit name is and all of that. 
And, you know, your ass might get audited with it. Like, no, you didn't. There was no, you know, 501c3. <laughs> so you're looking assed out. And, you know, mm-hmm. they get scrutinized. I, could I, I used to work for a nonprofit. You get scrutinized super hard to maintain that status and to keep that status and all that. And your paperwork has to be very, very about it. These cats, like like this other bullshit, right up until the end, if you didn't, like, like for somebody like Joy, if she didn't expose the information, nobody would have known. Mm-hmm. And then what? You know what I'm saying? It's like, hi, we're trash, but we're going to also add styrofoam on top of it and now throw gasoline (laughs) into the the slowly burning brush fire. And, you know, Brandon's going to break down more stuff, but the fire even gets bigger. It's it's, it's nuts right now. It's bananas. So they just updated this article at 1 p.m. today. And it says, why are they still (laughs) after the publication of our piece? Oh, my God. It's Wild Wild Country fan con edition, yo. It's, it's like, Jesus. Dog. After the you, publication you of our piece, we received anonymous scans of all of fan con, written fan con foundation's paperwork, which states that the corp was registered in July 2017 in a non and the nonprofit on October 2017. We spoke to the Virginia State Government and verified that FanCon Foundation was in fact registered as a non-stock corp in October 2017. As a Virginia non-stock corporation, the FanCon Foundation is prohibited from distributing profits to directors or members except as reasonable compensation for services rendered or as part of the liquidation process. As such, the FanCon Foundation was required to keep its finances completely separate and apart from those of Universal FanCon Corp. According to the information currently available, there is no evidence that the FanCon Foundation ever applied for tax-exempt status with the IRS or the Virginia Department of Taxation. The FanCon Foundation paperwork also introduces a new name, K-Ron, who is the manager and producer of Orlando Jones's Drive-By Entertainment, according to her LinkedIn. Jones and his camp have stayed entirely silent during this debacle, despite early support for the con, though he appears to have deleted all mention of it from his Twitter and has not spoken, spoken publicly about it for months though the show was still advertising him as a guest until his until his cancellation. The dates on the paperwork appear to match those that would be expected, but we have yet to fully corroborate and verify this new information. So that was another thing that wasn't posted in the beginning of this document that I actually heard on the street from people who had the word. The word was that Orlando Jones was one of the people affiliated with this and helping push this con and giving them some backing as far as like his stature as an actor. And his name, he was going to be one of the big celebrity guests, but nowhere did you hear a peep from him about this, you know, outside to that effect. So I find it funny now that he is scrubbing his Twitter of mentions of this shit. I find it crazy that there might be some involvement with money in his folk. And to take it a step further, that nigga made hotel statements last year. So I'm not even worried about him getting caught up in this shit. If he do, I'd be like, that's what you get for hotepping around. So so who's ready for that like this fire documentary that's gonna come out in like three years? Right, on Netflix, Netflix needs to do it. Netflix Look, the documentary the is gonna be so lit for Dirty Money season two or season three on Netflix with this. It's, yeah, it's gonna be great, man. Like I'm I hope we get some Emmys or something because this is gonna be amazing. Listen, and or this, it's gonna be an awesome American Greed episode. It's gonna be one of the two. <laughs> this doesn't even take into account the finger pointing that has been happening on Twitter 
from people who were directors with this. And let me be clear. Of 52 affiliates, I absolutely do not believe that all of those people knew what was going on. There are a lot of people whose faces and names are still attributed on the site or were attributed on the site before. It was also erased from the history of the Internet, except if you go to one of those pages that'll take you back to cached pages from particular dates of the Internet. Because once it's on the Internet, nigga, it never dies. Like it existed. You existed. It was real. I don't believe that all of those people had anything to do with the financial ridiculousness that's behind this. I think a lot of those people got roped in as volunteers. They were promised certain things. They were looking to maybe ride the wave of the success of this convention, which I, which I don't see as a crazy problem, right? I think that's kind of, I mm-hmm. think people want to be involved and they want to support and they want to do get their name out there based on this. Hell, that's why we wanted to do press. It's no different. We were trying to get yeah. a panel going. It's no different. The problem is the people who did know about the money three months ago, two months ago, one month ago, two weeks ago, those people continue to push this as if it was not a fucking catastrophe. They knew that this shit was going to fail. They knew that they didn't have the money. They went from having $56,000 to supposedly being 350,000 in the hole. My nigga, they knew and they kept selling shit to people. They kept bringing people in. They continued to let people give up their money. People on social media knew that this shit had flopped. But what about all the other people that don't be on Twitter like that or don't be on Instagram like that? That were still going to the Facebook page for this event asking if they could buy tickets. The website was still functional. It was people probably giving their money to this event as this shit was canceled. And nobody put a professional into this. There was no professional response until today. It took them like three days to get the site completely shut round. Like, and when I say round, I mean completely around everywhere, like to completely shut it everywhere. It took them forever. Mm-hmm. The responses were all over the place. Rob couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. Like he just kept going off on people in different areas. There was one time where people were like, well, who is this Ty fam dude? Clearly he's the one that scammed y'all. These niggas went to Instagram and posted that Ty fam isn't responsible and y'all really shouldn't be looking at him. Who did that? Which doesn't look suspicious at all. You Who guys. did that? Who not, not one bit, did no. that? <laughs> you guys are the worst self publicist fucking ever. And see, I can say that because we would never do no shit like this. We've done NegroCon. We've done two screenings. Anything that we do is for the fucking fans. There is no profit to be made from the shit we did. NegroCon turned whatever small amount of profit that it did that goes right back into the podcast. It's not no shit that we can go to the Bahamas off. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a matter of fact, the only reason that we even turned a little bit of profit from the, from NegroCon was because niggas ate up all the food. Like we had a percentage of food we had to sell on top of renting the venue for NegroCon, And on top of making sure that we got tickets to sell on top of all that, we also had to cover a percentage of food and drink for the venue. Like it's a lot of headache and preparation that goes into this shit. And it's a lot of money. Nobody expects to come out on top. The original word about this event when it got canceled was the fact that they canceled it because they thought they won't go make no money. Of course you don't make money. Most businesses don't make money. their first three to five years. No, if you're doing a if you're doing a con like this, man, like you you happy if you close to breaking even? If because, mm-hmm. because so much other stuff is establishing yourself as something that can be maintained over multiple years, and then you start to grow. Everybody wants to be Comic Con now, 
and they didn't know that Comic Con started in in one ballroom somewhere, and mm. grew to 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 what it is now. You don't just start off getting convention centers that got this many people coming. If they said they say, hey, we're gonna have a convention, we got like because of our connections, we got one or two, you know, actors, and we're gonna do some events around the thing. And y'all had, and they had like a ballroom somewhere in like a hotel or something. Like people would have came out. I think it would have been it would have been cool. And then you'd have been like, all right, this is some shit that can grow. Mm-hmm. But you tried to you tried to sit there and and be like, oh, we about to have 10, 15,000 people come. Like, nah. Mm-hmm. And like even, and I think Twan brought up a really good point. All this stuff had to somewhere no one event just started off with like tens of thousands of people or whatever else even um awesome con here i remember with the first year they had that i think they maybe had like at most maybe five six rooms yep in the washington convention center which is like humongous and now they built up but it wasn't like we're going to take over the entire place and expect a huge bunch of people to come if anything people want to try to, you know, almost kind of semi-lowball where it's like, okay, if you actually get more people, then like, you know, what can help you break even, then you're winning. You know what I'm saying? And then with all of this, when problems came up, because all of this overall happened over the span of two years, people could have just said something, oh, you know what, we can't do the convention center. We're going to like do one of the hotels in Baltimore. I'm pretty sure folks would have been okay. You know, we got maybe two, three big celebrity guests instead of the, I oh God, it seemed like they were trying to add on people every fucking day from the emails I remember. Folks would have been fine because it was all about having the community come together in a place where they could be comfortable. And that's what makes this ultimately all disgusting. You had some of quote unquote your own shit on their own fellow people. Mm-hmm. They didn't respect mm-hmm. their fellow people. We expect this from society every single day that, okay, well, you know, you're kind of the outsider for whatever reason, whether it's race, um, disability, sexuality, so forth and so on, or your interest in popular culture. So you were supposed to be able to come to a place that appeals to multiple facets that even some of the bigger Comic-Cons don't do on such a big level. And it didn't only get canceled, which would have already been like, you know, inconvenient too upsetting, depending on your life situation. You didn't give nobody any answers. And the thing that's insane about all of this is, most of our communities are willing to forgive <laughs> if you just are truthful because we know stuff happens because we're used to dealing with certain adversity and stuff every single day. And for those of us who have planned events and stuff, you know, younger to, you know, whatever particular adult age you are right now, it's like people are going to be upset and in their feelings depending on how it goes, but you don't want to have people say that you're dishonest or you're still trying to do a scam or a hustle. These cats' big situation was they tried to play people out right from the gate and then when things fell apart, couldn't even almost have the balls to be a decent scammer and try to make it seem like something that you should accept. They just pretty much told folks, fuck you, we're taking your money. And it's postponed in quotation marks for the longest period of time until folks got in their ass. And we're used to getting that from quote unquote white society or whatever, not from our own and not from our own who were supposed to be from within these particular communities of pop culture. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that there are still people who haven't said anything, like, you know, people can talk about, you know, the black girl nerds lady and everything else and, you know, how they've been fucking up their statements. You have people who've made no statements. None. Not even a no comment. Nothing. They bounced. 
And even if you want to believe their particular narrative that, oh, we put in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to this event, let me tell you something. If I put in a few hundred to a thousand for an event, whether it succeeds or fails, I'm going to talk about that shit. If you're talking about mortgage or house money, yo, I'm going to be calling out niggas all fucking day, especially if I was a crook with the money. Yes. I'm going to be like, these niggas took my mortgage money. I had to refinance. And if you've ever had to do a mortgage for a house, it is a pain in the ass. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, the refinance and, at this point is terrible come on, because it's no. higher. APR is higher than it was two years ago. If you remortgaging, you got to take them new numbers. I mean, you're taking some serious hits. And that, and if you are taking that hit, that means you have real dedication to what you're doing. It might be stupid. It might be poorly planned. But that's dedication I would think somebody would talk about if they made that particular sacrifice. Who talked to you if in somebody the in the crew ripped them off? But I'm like, you don't get any of that information when people are silent. So, of course, people are going to get paranoid and do this, you know, Perry Mason investigation shit that just showing that too many people are on shit and shenanigans. And it's a fucking shame. None of this actually never had to happen. Nah. And folks are like, you know what? We're sorry. We fucked up. Here's some alternatives. It might take longer than we wanted to, but we could do that. And you would have probably had 80 to maybe even 90% of people after getting out of their feelings be like, okay, now you just have this where even I think yesterday they had like hired some flippant PR person mm-hmm. who was on Twitter. Yep. They're like, oh, thank you for checking my site. It's like, bro. Yo, that was Jamie. I mean, Jamie hired Do y'all just want to throw away your reputations? It's oh. hard to be a creative, even if you don't do a whole bunch of fuckery or make a whole bunch of big mistakes like this. Nobody did anything intelligent here. Rob made Nobody statements attacking people. Jamie kept trying to cover her own ass in the worst possible way and fucked up at every step. She stepped down from Black Girl Nerds after all of her writers quit and revealed that they were being treated a particular way. What gets me, though, what really fucking bothers me is a couple of things. One, we have been in the same circle, uh, MTR and Where's My 40 Acres covering cons and such like that, working around and with some of these people. And it really bothers me that there's a lot of finger pointing going uh, a lot of finger pointing going on from certain camps because that takes away the amount of trust that I'm going to have for these people. When it comes mm-hmm. to, to working with them in the future, like I just needed somebody to tell the truth so we can have some sort of evidence. The fact that niggas got to dig up y'all files to figure out what the fuck happened is crazy. And the fact that people are protecting other people leads me to believe that you're not really protecting them. You're protecting yourself. Some elf shit went mm-hmm. down and you are a part of that shit. And you know that if you reveal the truth, it's going to link your ass in. So it really trips me out that that happened. Right. And it trips me out that these people had this advantage. These people had double the support that they needed and the money that they asked for. Like you said, they reached out to a very giving community to the point where when this shit went down, this community was like, you know what? Fuck that. Y'all fucked up, but y'all not going to completely fuck us over. And they went ahead and they made pop-ups and booked another venue. And are now having a con called why comic con going down Saturday in place of this bullshit. So like, I'm still doing press photography next weekend, Friday and Saturday. As am I. Yeah. So it, it like, this shit is still going on. And that's what we as a community were able to do. Became none of y'all niggas take credit for that shit because you weren't fucking involved. And that's trash to me. Like, not only did you fuck people over financially and leave people stranded out here with thousands and thousands of dollars lost that they had planned over the last two years. But when it came time to actually go, you know what, we can try to salvage some of this and fix it. Y'all went into fucking hiding or you started lying and pointing fingers at other people claiming you didn't have anything to do with it. Trying to absolve yourself or basically just submitting some bullshit for people to see and then step into the side like you was dodging a bullet or two that shit is bananas to me i can't believe y'all did that shit to your own fucking people i can't believe people had didn't had a nerve to fucking step out a month ago and be like yo 
okay, I, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but the fan kind of look like it might be a little bit of trouble and we need support. Instead of two weeks ago trying to get fucking Starbucks to fucking support you and sponsor your event. Are you serious? And via Twitter, by the way. Right. <laughs> not even anything, you know, whatever, whatever. And I think what kills me with all of this beyond what you said is that you look at this and ultimately, I mean, you know how old folks say, you know, all skin folk, age your kin folk and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. When you do stuff like this and you establish a, a, a you know, your own creative community and you grow and expand, you all, you know, have a shared experience that, you know, the vast majority of us did not have it easy starting off and getting certain stuff done. And to do this, it doesn't just affect, you know, a weekend in Baltimore or whatever. It affects all of us because this thing got to the point where you have outlets who don't ever cover anything we do positively. Or like, ooh, look at those SJ, that SJW event over there got shut down. Those Negroes don't know how to do anything. Ha, 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 so forth and so on. When the Hollywood Reporter picked it up, I was like, nigga, this is just... <laughs> Yeah, when this I, that, is retarded. Baltimore, I'm um, sun down here covered it. Um, I think Variety, IO9, um, Polygon, like these really major things that usually cover these events in depth, who were actually tr covering it right up from the beginning when it's going to be a cool, a different event. We're like eager to be like, we're going to get into the dirt and just show that these cats can do something and. Maybe we shouldn't look at these outlets and individuals and ultimately need seriously at these events. And that truly sucks. It's not just about their greed. It's about how their greed and fuckery has reverberated through a community that already had to go through some shit just to get basic trust with folks. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And to not be truthful where... Again, if you have gotten into some debt or you got a little assed out, it happens to people. Most people don't ever succeed fully with a first event. And you have fuck-ups here and there. It's not about everybody here talking about how perfect they are or whatever. You could have just said so. Yeah, you Ultimately, like anybody could have just said so, but they chose not to do it and act in, in front and then be rude after they front. It's like an abusive relationship where they're like, okay, you got no place else to go, so we can do whatever you want with people. Everything they, they did was shady. They, everything they did was just shady as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like all, all they like you said, if you sit there and you like you started out and then you raise some money, so we only gonna need this much money. And then as you get into it, you like shit. This takes more than we thought. You can come back up on the Kickstarter like, hey y'all, thanks for everything we got. Uh, this is where all this money has went to, um, and we find out we need some more. People would have been like, cool. You know, if you if you had sat there and said, you know what, we 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 hired, we tried to get this person to come, and we gave them some money up front, and then they pulled out, so that left us low or something like that, people would understand. But when you don't say nothing, and everything's cool and everything's great, and then you like, oh, we got to postpone, and then everybody runs away, and nobody's like, yo, we just had some mistakes, we messed up, we're going, uh, this is where the money went, or this is what we're trying to do to get people their money back or something. Like mm -hmm. now you feel like the whole shit was a scam, and then I look, I look at like, yeah, yeah, and I look at like if we, if we all try to do something, what we try to take and and spread out, are we gonna be able to go on on some shit and try to get some backing? Mm -hmm. and, and now people gonna look at us and be like, oh, that's a bunch of black motherfuckers. We don't know, 
last time we did this, it was sketchy as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people are you going to get articles from like that? You know, like let's say, let's say we put Negro Con up there, right? And we put on Kickstarter, we get our goal. Is somebody like the Hollywood Reporter going to come in? Is Negro Con going to be the next Universal Fan Con? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hubris happens, fuckery happens, but you can't get to genuine forgiveness until you genuinely apologize and go forth with doing actions to show that you are truly apologetic. They did none of that. And on top of it, let's say this was a total scam from the gate, which honestly, that's what, how I feel right now. Y'all are shitty thieves. <laughs> to be... <laughs> on some old honor amongst thieves shit while you are all dishonorable thieves is counterproductive too. It's like, what is this Benny Hill bullshit y'all are pulling off right now? And you expect everybody to just take it and move on with their lives. You, you, you can't do that, man. You, you just can't do that. Honor amongst thieves doesn't mean shit among dishonorable thieves. If you are in that mix right now and you know you didn't do fuckery, you better be loud and name some fucking name. Don't do these half-ass videos. Talking about, yeah, man, new shit was fucked up in February. Well, nigga, why didn't you say something? But that yeah. Maybe it was going to be a collective thing. Why didn't y'all say things? Are they NDAs out here? Is somebody have, holding up your moms in a, you know, a basement somewhere? There, there was no reason that nobody would have said anything. It made no but sense. Some people make confusion for the same reason of, at the end of the day, you don't know who to blame. So even if you have people that are, quote unquote, coming out being truthful, you know, it makes you question them too as well. And that's what they want. They want the confusion. So that, I wouldn't be surprised if all of this was a planned foolishness <laughs> at the end of the day, because they knew at some particular point in time that, you know, they were going to have enough money or whatever the case is. And they tried to flip the wheel. Well, let's see how much money we can get for ourselves. And then when shit, because I mean, at some point, shit is going to hit the fan. They knew that. And and instead of telling telling like oh, okay we're not going to have this or we have to postpone it or whatever you know real time they just decided just well we'll just keep the money and when everything happens well you know we'll deflect and we'll deflect you know until it gets silent so I was I it just sounds like scam bro man scam artist number you know one on one to me yo that fucking ocean that's why these niggas are stupid thieves I'm like y'all can't even do like the Nigerian prince scam right and disappear completely I, I just don't get or, any or butter of that people shit. up it's, it's just dumb I don't get any of that shit like Ocean's Eleven was over here drowning hard as fuck trying to get up out of their damn sham I don't get that shit the first thing that set me off with this from jump you cannot postpone a convention you assholes what did you think? You can't do that. You can't have people book planes. Motherfuckers can't postpone their plane ride. Niggas can't postpone their Airbnb. They can't postpone their fucking hotel. They can't postpone shipping shit to the convention center that's already been shipped a week in advance because they might be coming from another fucking country. You can't do that bullshit. So the whole idea of even postponing the convention pissed me off. How did you think that was going to work a week out? And y'all had date, y'all had contracts with cancellation dates. I know y'all did, because everybody got them. Everybody be like, let us know 60 days in advance. Let us know 90 days in advance. So y'all should have known. Y'all should have set an alarm in your phone, the same shit I used to wake me up every morning, to let you know when it was time to make a fucking decision of when this con could go forward or not. 
given your ticket sales, given the amount of money that you had to splurge with, the amount of shit that you had spent it on, and the amount of shit that you had already fucking acquired. You knew what the fuck was going on. All y'all acting like y'all ain't know where this money gone. Y'all know where the fuck this money went. Some of y'all definitely know where the fuck this money went. I don't know if you pocketed Somebody it. had to sign contracts. Man. I don't know if you, you don't lost do it. events off of hope. I don't know if you spent it on merchandise. Y'all definitely didn't pay for the hotels. That's why they cut slack. And shout out to the hotels because I feel like niggas wouldn't have found out nothing about this until the following fucking week. Probably like right now on Tuesday or Wednesday, they would have found out if the hotels hadn't been a proper, uh, a proper business that has to follow a certain set of procedure and rules in situations like this where they about to be fucked. They are a business. Mm-hmm. It, 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 um, We're going to move on to this Kanye shit, but like, just to let y'all know, like Mary said, y'all about the worst goddamn bunch of thieves ever if y'all was thieving. It's just, it really thieving. is Benny Hill <laughs> bullshit. It is confusing as shit to follow this and it's content. The yeah, they were thieving. <laughs> what up, y'all? It's the show off DJ Static Selector. Where's my 40acres.com? Shout out to Spike Lee, man. He needs to make more movies. Let's get it.